0: hope I can make it through a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran Donnie.
1: I'm your neophyte Frank.
0: And today we're going to be taking a look at some Degrassi adjacent <laughs> media. <laughs> I, I brought this upon myself so I cannot even I take full blame. I, I, I believe in accountability in this new year of 2019 and I, I I am going to hold myself accountable to this. I suggested this It was me. I was like, huh, well, you know, I know a lot of Degrassi actors did not necessarily have the most success outside of Degrassi. Like, that is a well-known thing. Not everyone was Drake. Okay, let me see how many of them were in Lifetime movies. And shockingly, that's not a clickbait article that I could find. Like, I was really assuming that someone made an article that was literally, like, titled, like, Top 7 Lifetime Movies Featuring Degrassi Actors Like I really thought it was gonna come to me easy But like I did a really basic search And I was like oh I got nothing So like I talked I like asked some some folks on social media And like the only one that anyone Really knew of off the top of their head Was this movie
1: (laughs) Which is She's Too Young Co-starring Miriam McDonald
0: Yeah It's uh, Before we get any farther Big old content warnings on this one We talked about this last week about how, like, this movie is vile in many ways in terms of, like, some of the content that it talks about and how flippantly. Um, so, just so you're aware, this movie has very explicit cases of teenage sexuality, um, sexual assault. It talks a lot about STIs graphically, literally graphically at one point. Um, it also talks a lot about, like, drug and alcohol abuse, um... It's I feel like those are kind of the big ones But I'm sure there's other messed up stuff That we may talk about in some capacity That I might be missing I don't know Frank if you have any other ones
1: Um You're gonna It's You're gonna be hearing very young teens talk about Like Graphically talk about sex acts I mean well I mean not like
0: We're not talking like a YA Like ooh I wanna like boink him And like it fades to black Like
1: no We're, They're like You It's uh, Like they're gonna say Like you know Oral and this and that And like Yeah There's going to be Teen sexuality Like Um Uh Homophobia Is there for good measure
0: Jesus the homophobia The homophobia in this movie Is really wacky too It's I have a lot of things To say about it
1: Nice guys
0: Yeah It's like
1: Now I'm talking like Just Good, actual good people. I'm talking capital N, capital G, nice guys.
0: Uh, and in racism, yeah. Uh, which I once again, it, it's a very, it's a similar to Degrassi in in terms of race of how how uh how they vilify black culture in this movie, which is very interesting.
1: Yeah, there's um this movie is like if you took the C tier Degrassi writers, and then like oh no, like if you took the below C tier Degrassi writers like it's made by the most paranoid just scared adults who just left it all on the field like it this is to me the um, boys beware of like teen sexuality movies in the early aughts
0: it's so odd cuz it's like i remember watching this movie when i was a kid and i remember watching a lot of white time movies when i was a kid and like I think it was just I was young and I didn't really think about it, but, like, they're fucking weird movies. Like, these movies in general, like, they are incredibly grim and incredibly fatalistic. And there's no, there's no, like, for, for movies that are so into talking about the terrors of the world, like, Lifetime movies are known for being the ones to do, like, the really sensationalized, like...
1: Not Without My Daughter. What was that one? I, th- I think... I remember that one being, like, super Islamophobic.
0: Oh. I did not see that one. Um,
1: I just remember one of like... Um... Or maybe it wasn't a Lifetime movie?
0: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there were Lifetime movies that were, but, like... I know a lot of, like, Lifetime movies kind of take the idea of, like, let's talk about something controversial. Regardless of how, like, you know, factual or whatever. Because I know, like, they did shit, like, the the, the rainbow parties with, like, the, the jelly bracelets and stuff. Or, like, the pregnancy packs and things like that. Like, I, I've said this before on the podcast. And I still stand by this. Like, you can talk about controversial shit. And you can talk about heavy shit. And, like, that, as a writer, should never be off limits. But there's a way to do it. And I think... If, like the, It's so odd to me that these Lifetime movies are like We're gonna talk about controversial issues We're gonna talk about really really important upsetting shit But then we're not gonna give any solutions or how what you can do about it It's just it, A pity party basically
1: It's like It's a, they're, they're like movies made for middle aged like white people Who are scared to go out their own door Yeah Like you are like because i okay so on teen girl talk Susie and i are doing a whole month of lifetime movies because last year we watched a movie called my stepdaughter which your stepdaughter is evil like and in that movie the whole thing is like the stepdaughter is a victim of abuse um and like that instantly turns her like evil it's not just like like the mom is the greatest villain in that story because the mom is not making any effort to be better to this daughter mm-hmm. to her to her daughter yeah like and it's just i would prefer to rewatch that one over this though because like that one's just like buck wild like out the gate Mm-hmm. like there's a grandma who has a handwritten will there is like this crazy outfit the stepdaughter wears to a beach rave that just seems to have gone off the turnpike a little bit yeah like the the villain dies by running onto a knife while making a basically like go team win like cheerleading pose what
0: the fuck
1: it, it i how that's gonna be my recommendation to spoil it that's my recommendation mm-hmm. just watch that with a group it's wild well like this, I would not wish on my worst enemy.
0: I mean, the thing about this is, is like, I guess it's very telling that one of the last major Lifetime movies that I can think of in any type of popular culture hold were, like, the V.C. Andrew adaptations, which, once mm. again, goes back to the idea of, like, I mean, V.C. Andrews is fucked up, but, like, kids and adults, I feel like, have always gravitated toward reading it because it's buck wild, Like, it's absolutely fucking bonkers shit. That, like, is, so, is, like, it's, like, a parody of itself at that point, in many ways. And, like, I feel like that is what I usually associate Lifetime movies with. Like, that idea of, like, like that movie that you described, even though I hadn't seen it. Like, that, that sounds like what I would consider a Lifetime movie. Like, just absolutely ridiculous. And, like, I remember liking them because of the drama aspect of it. And, like, how melodramatic the thing is. And, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, oh, fuck. Frank just showed me the poster for that one. It's it's a lot. (laughs) Um, But it's just, like, very interesting. And I don't know if this is just a sign of me getting older and, like, what happens when you have me watch a show when I was, like, 16 versus when I'm, like, 28 or what. But, like, this wasn't entertaining. It wasn't fun drama. It was scary and upsetting drama. Like, it wasn't even, like, campy per se. Like, it felt like they were trying to do, it wasn't particularly campy at all. Ju-
1: they just—they were just basically like, we want to make sure pe- we're going to get people talking, but we're not going to get anybody talking about anything good. Yeah. Because yeah. this movie, like, the what she's too young for is having sex. And it just demonizes teen sexuality in a way that I've not seen since, like, the 1960s. Mm. but this is also the early aughts where twilight is a reigning supreme and like we are we're scared so we're pulling back into this like shelter of religious like ab- like absolutism mm-hmm. like you know suddenly purity and like virginity is like the like the end all to be all yeah. and like this movie just drives that home so hard like cause like let's face facts lifetime movies are lifetime as a concept is not here to help they are here to make a buck
0: yeah absolutely like like and let's be real like there are times where like i i have enjoyed lifetime programming um i watched um i really enjoyed even though it's it's super fucked up as a show like i like unreal it's very good drama but once again it's scripted so and like it's it's meant for adults. It's not meant for kids. It's not about kids. It's about like fucked up reality TV producers and how that makes you like you know that's an environment that's very fucked up. Like, it's not trying to romanticize anything. It's just like this shit is busted and it makes people do things that are morally questionable. And like that's the whole shtick of Unreal.
1: If the if Lifetime could make a movie where. Like evil VCRs are attacking a grandpa who doesn't know how to stop them. they would <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm like still being into teen girl talk mode with like this movie wants to be so heavy and I just want to like take it down.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's like, just get into it, right? Like let's just go into it. Cause, yeah. like the whole thing opens up and it's like a montage of your lead three girls getting ready. So you have three girls that are gonna be the focus of this whole entire thing and they're basically different archetypes so you have your lead girl Hannah, and Hannah is your uh, band geek type uh, she plays the cello um, they're all ninth graders by the way which is terrifying just just for reference they are 14, they are very young um, in high school um, early in, th- it seems like it's kind of like they're a little settled in the school year but like it's not like they're you know, ex- super experts of stuff, so Hannah is like your band geek type um, like you know, very much like a these Bambi big brown eyes and, and everything and just like very, it seems very sheltered in many ways. Um, you have Dawn who is played by Miriam McDonald um, and she, her her getting ready scene is like really like, it really gets under your skin because it's like she's putting on these like very provocative clothes, like very cropped, like she's wearing like a fishnet bodysuit basically. Like a mesh shirt. It's weird. It's really weird. It's
1: really weird and, and gross. And
0: then they like make a point to show her like putting in the rubber bands in her braces to like really show like she's she's too young. Um, and then went and like her situation is like she has a mom who like when she comes down she's wearing like her lip gloss and everything. Her mom like touches up her lip gloss. Um,
1: she, her mom, her mom is a I'm my daughter's best friend mom.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, Hannah's parents are, like, the... Hannah's mom is, like, I guess technically the protagonist of the story. Lifetime movies are very interesting in that way, like, the way that they're structured. Because it's, like, the girls are obviously the focus, but, like, the person who actually is moving the plot is the mom, is Hannah's mom. And she, um, is, like, a lawyer of some sort.
1: She... Well, okay well that's the thing about these Lifetime movies Is that the moms o- the moms Always have like some nebulous But professional sounding job yeah. Like in, in My stepdaughter the mom was a lab tech And they cut to the actual lab Which seems like it was just in the corner Of the break room of our different More successful building
0: well, I think they're this weird thing. I think I think the protag, the moms in these stories a lot. Most of the time, they're moms or they're a woman or whatever. They're they're mostly mothers. It's a lifetime. They're, I feel like a lot of them yeah. have kids. I feel like a lot of the time, the protagonist is um, supposed to be this weird balance between aspirational and somebody you can project on. So so in her case, in a, it's like freaking like. Her, I like uh, her character, the mom whose name is I forget her name off the top of my head. Trish. Trish is like it sounds like she does something in law in some something. So like there's the aspirational element, but the relatable element is that she desperately wants to connect with her daughter but isn't always able to do it. So she's still relatable to a lot of probably the people watching these Lifetime movies. Like, ah, geez, like I too have a daughter that's this age group and it's so freaking hard to connect with her. Which is a real concern to have when you're working with teenagers. I'm not discrediting it, but like you can tell that there's something that they're trying to constantly make these characters somebody that you want to be, but also see yourself in.
1: Yeah, um, and it's handled just so poorly um, because it was directed by Tom McLaughlin, produced by Michael Mahoney written by are we are we expecting a woman's name No, nope. yep. guess what richard clutter so you know no that's very telling yeah no women like apparently in any stage of the production of this movie <laughs>
0: yeah i mean and then the last and then the last girl they have is uh becca becca comes from like a deeply religious family but she's, like, the most sexually adventurous, of course, of all the girls.
1: We're hitting all the tropes.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, they're very, like, the the whole way that they try to make this is, like, Hannah is trying to push, push the limits, which, once again, is a very typical teen plot, right? Like, kids trying to push the boundaries of their identity, of their understanding of the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And in the process, reconnects with Dawn, who I believe they were friends with in the past. Mm-hmm. And Dawn, because she's more sexually adventurous, um, is very, like, her, her thing, she's friends with Becca, and this is pushing Hannah into this deep, dark, seedy world of sexuality.
1: Yeah, like, we've seen, okay, so, listen to our podcast, we've seen this before. Yeah. Like, this is the, um, Girls Just Wanna Have Fun episode, where, and, um, Drive, episodes of Degrassi but it's handled so much better there because those people seem to actually know what children do yeah like this, this is one of those movies where you keep where like they are just the teens are so sexualized and so like over the top that you're like okay you you're just going by what you think and kind of hope happened to you back in high school
0: yeah and like that's the thing it's like I have even seen in real life kids go through similar things where they want to impress their friends and because of it they do really shitty things. And I'm not going to disclose, I'm like, don't want these kids, like, it, I have seen that type of shit happen. Not quite to the level of she's too young, but like, you know, I have had to deal with cases of issues with kids who were really getting themselves potentially in a dangerous spot and Mm -hmm. having to work with them and things like that but i think it goes back to the lens aspect where degrassi even though it is boneheaded sometimes in terms of how the shit is written i still do believe that at the end of the day the writers understand that they're working with kids
1: Mm
0: -hmm. they don't block scenes in a way that's super titillating even if they are potentially going to have sex with each other it's not done in this super provocative way. It's awkward. They, it's not explicit. It's, you know, fumbling and there's anxieties. And a lot of the time they don't even get to that point, even if they talk about it. it Because it's not meant to prov- be a provocative, like, potentially titillating thing. They understand this is a teen drama. Teenagers are watching it. And if they're an adult watching it, why the fuck are you going to sexualize these kids anyway?
1: Yeah. Like, we get... You get a lot of scenes. There was some stuff there. I was like, they could show that on... Like, Lifetime? Like... It's true. Um, yeah, and also... Alright, well, we'll get... Well, we'll hit the points as we reach them. And, um... There's also, like, just... an Overall, like, about what this movie is. Is... There's these constant cuts... To like weird handicap camp zooming,
0: yes, it's a really disorienting movie to watch. It's very of the time I feel like in that sense, where it's like super aggressive, like high contrast filters, in like transitions with super like shaky ass camera that I could not even see what was happening sometimes.
1: The like I actually thought like that made it didn't feel like an early awesome movie. but it felt more like a ninety like. Movie in the mid 90s.
0: Mm, maybe, yeah.
1: Like, we're gonna see, like, you know, skaters
0: Yeah. I, it makes me think of. I never saw the movie 13, but it's what I think 13 is like. Like, but I'm not sure if that's true. Whatever that one with, like, once again, the girls behaving badly and getting their tongues pierced and having sex and shit.
1: I don't, possibly. I don't know.
0: That's what I thought that movie was. I don't know.
1: Was don't he, at me. Wasn't that the one with Emily Blunt? Was it? I
0: don't know. I never saw it. But, like, that's what, like, it, it was kind of, like, framed to me like. Like, I assumed it was a lot of, like, that type of stuff. That type of camera work. That's why yeah, I think no. that's a time period. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I've never seen it. I'm glad I never saw it.
1: Yeah. No. It, it looks awful. It
0: sounds like a triggering nightmare.
1: Yeah, it is. Oh, God. This looks like the worst.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of surprised seeing as though you do teen girl talk. It's, like, I mean, I don't blame you for not doing it, but.
1: I mean, it's just we'll probably get there eventually. We'll just Awful. destroy it. Suffer. Yeah. Um.
0: But yeah, no, it's it's like a lot of shaky cam, a lot of high contrast, a lot of like disorienting camera work, which is probably intentionally so, especially because of like the use of drugs and alcohol and shit like that. But like, it's not. It's it's just very dizzying. It's not easy to watch in that sense.
1: I'm just confused. Like, why is it even in the movie?
0: It doesn't make sense for the. It's, it's very odd. Like, I don't really understand what... I don't understand, and, and this is an issue that I had that I mentioned earlier, but I still, like, I don't understand the point of the movie.
1: Yeah, like, I mean...
0: Like, I feel like there's an unintentional thread that connects this whole entire movie together, but I don't think that's what the writers would ever, th- or the director, want you to think is the message of the movie.
1: It's like It's like trying to empower the mom...
0: Which is consistent with Lifetime movies.
1: Yeah, but it just, in the most... It's trying to empower the mom, but, like, you've only kind of heard about the problems, like, of teen sexuality, like, from a friend of... It's like it's like a weird game of telephone.
0: It is, and I, I think that a lot of the miscommunications in the movie happen because it's functionally just a game of telephone.
1: Like... Alright, so let's get into it. Like, these, yeah. these three young women are getting ready to get chained, get dressed, or they're getting dressed.
0: Yeah, um, Hannah comes downstairs and, because she's, like, kind of, like, she's the the daughter of the Trish, of the lead woman in it. Um, she is, like, super excited because she's she says she's going to be getting ice cream with Dawn and Becca, who are the other two girls. hmm Um, and of course, um... This is how we get, um, but in like that, that in of itself, like the, every, like, you know, it's like, oh, okay, fine. But she puts in a curveball that um, when offered asked if she needs a ride, she says, no, I'm good because the 16 year old boy is driving me, which by the way, she's four, she's 14, she's a freshman. This other kid is either an older sophomore or probably definitely a junior, like if that's the case. Um, so that's a red flag. And her mom, you know, is like, okay, like I need to see this kid. So, they, when the boy comes to pick pick her up, they go out and the boy kind of gets interrogated. So, the boy is introduced... Um,
1: his name is Nick.
0: Nick, yes. And he, he comes off very, like, put together. Um, he doesn't mind the mom's questions when she asks for his phone number. He willingly, like, he has a p- paper and pencil in his car already and gives it to her, gives the information yeah. to her. He's super, like... He he comes off like he knows what's going on and he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Of course that's a that's a bait and switch for the situation because as soon as he's able to, he's driving very quickly. Um and he takes them to like this weird, like
1: And thus begins the rap music. Yes. The terrible, terrible. Oh god, rap music. right. Yeah,
0: like they are they like he they're like um they're Doing this, like, it's this very bizarre scene where you have these white kids rapping, like, this weird take on rap, like, like, just, like, they're, like, mouth, they're, like, talking, doing, like, it's very much, like, I mean, it's just that very uncomfortable reality that I think has happened as like rap has become more mainstream of mm-hmm. like the white consumption of it without any actual interaction with black people in the process, yeah, which is a thing that plagues this movie constantly. Because um, once they get to like the food court and stuff like that, you have boys coming up to them and coercing the girls to go into their cars by listening to rap music. Like, oh, you want this new album your parents don't let you listen to, come into my car Let's listen to it and then, like, you know, I'll get a hand job out of it. And this is a thread that continues throughout the movie to a point that I would argue watching this movie, the only real enduring moral that I can get out of this movie is rap music makes, like, rap music is evil.
1: Yeah. And, like, the fact that there are, there is exactly, like, one person of color in this movie.
0: Yeah. Like, there's more parents who are not white in one scene where, like, the public health thing is talked about, that meeting, then any kids that you see in the school, interacting with the lead girls, anything. There's this really busted-ass race issue, which isn't surprising, considering it's a Lifetime movie. But also, it's like, it, watching it, like, that is the only unifying thread that I can really find in this movie in terms of a moral, other than, like, you know, teenagers should not have sex.
1: I mean, like for for me it just is like yeah you because know, they they bring up um, like uh, there's a town meeting or parent teacher meeting at the end of it where like everybody is complaining about like oh the drinking and the sex and listening to the rap music yeah and just like you're trying to throw in this thing with these other things like and like the fact that the rap music is played exclusively when these kids are misbehaving. Exactly. Just sends like Yeah. sends a very racially coded message. Well,
0: like we it also and look at like what music does Hannah play? Hannah plays cello. Hannah plays a string instrument, a classic type of instrument playing like and there are interludes in this movie that play like classical threads of music and things like that. And it's a direct, indirect opposition of this, what would be considered crass rap music.
1: Yeah, it's it's the moments where, like, whenever you hear uh, the the music, sends a signal, and the signal is, like, when you hear that... Wah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, cello music, like, we're about to deal with, like, Hannah and Trish's mom, or one of the girls is upset about the choices she made. Yeah. So you go from, like predominantly black music of when they want to misbehave to when they are being good girls and being like sorry for their actions to predominantly like white like cultural music.
0: Yeah, it's it's fucked up. It's yeah. really fucked up and it like makes me think of um I don't I don't really listen to this radio station anymore, but I remember like in the New York stations. I'm sure it still does this like PLJ or whatever shit. This is very local. Like I remember being a kid and and realizing that PLJ like wouldn't keep the raps in songs like if, if it was like a pop singer who collaborated with a rapper they would have a different radio edit that would actually remove the rapping and it was like of course like w- that station was the station a lot of like white parents listen to and things like that and it's like it's incredibly telling like how, why, why that station was able to thrive with that demographic. Because it's like, no black men here.
1: Like. Yeah, it's the worst. Ugh. Like. And considering the, the person that this movie puts forth as the best boy, it just is that yeah. much more damning to this thing.
0: Yeah. So, so to continue, um, so the girls get driven hastily to, um, this like kind of like food court movie theater type situation it's kind of like the it's hard to describe this location
1: it's the location of it's whatever it needs to be
0: exactly um and you have um the so you have um nick pulls up the car next to brad who's another guy that keeps appearing in in this story Um, they talk about how there's gonna be a party at this other guy's place and things like that, um, Nick turns down the invitation, um, but it's, like, really bizarre, because then, like, Hannah and Dawn leave the car, but Becca stays in the car with Nick, implying that I guess they're gonna hook up.
1: Well, they leave.
0: Oh, yeah, and then they go to a hotel to bone down, that's right. So, like, they abandon Hannah and Dawn in this weird location to go to a hotel to have sex Okay, um, and, right,
1: and that's the first of the super creepy, like, pushing it way too far with people who are far too young for this. Yeah. Where they, like, Becca takes off her shirt and then, like, takes off her underwear.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's super fucking explicit.
1: Yeah. like In,
0: in a way that's really uncomfortable.
1: It's... It should not have been in the movie. No. It's like...
0: No, like, I would have rather had them just have dialogue to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to go hook up in a hotel, like, see ya.
1: Yeah. And see
0: it. But they, but Lifetime writers were like, no, we have to show this because what ends up happening is as they're, like, getting, like, you know, naked and everything, Nick is like, oh, I forgot a condom.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he did, Nick. Uh,
0: Yeah, and, like, and, of course, Becca is just like, well, I don't care. Like, it's whatever. Like, let's have sex anyway because she's 14 and a fool. Like, because she's 14 and that's that's what it is to be 14. And and it's like, you know, setting the seeds of, oh no, girls girls having unprotected sex with older boys. And um, meanwhile, Hannah and Dawn are getting ice cream. Um, Dawn is kind of bemoaning how average she looks. And, and Miriam McDonald's acting is so jarring in this because she's putting on this voice that is so different from Emma. Where Emma, I feel like it's her voice, like, I would believe that's how Miriam McDonald always sounds. Like, <laughs> Emma sounds very natural. Probably is her voice. But, like, Dawn, when she's playing Dawn, she's, like, trying to put on this voice of sorts. And it's just, like, this really odd thing.
1: Everybody's doing the, everybody's doing whispers in this movie. Yeah. Like, when they start shouting towards the end, I got jarred because, like, I'm so used to everybody. It, it reminded me a lot of, like softcore porn acting. Yeah. Where it's just like we're here to ease you into things. Where everybody's just like I don't really think you should do that. I think that's a bad idea. Like nobody raises their voice above a certain level and it's just like and it's just so all weird and breathy. Yeah, like, yeah, she's
0: really breathy. All, everyone is, but like it's so weird cuz it's like it it's very she looks uncomfortable in the part like she doesn't look like she and I, it's not even like it's like it doesn't even feel like oh this is the case of the character's uncomfortable being this per type of person it's i think the actress is deeply uncomfortable because it's like it's just like very odd and very out of place. And I don't know how much of this is just, like, I'm used to her being Emma, which is, like, literally the polar opposite of this character. Like, Emma is so different from Dawn. Um, and how much of it is just, like, the actress was just trying her best with this. But it, it's, like, a really weird thing to kind of watch her as this character. She
1: was, I mean, she was 17 when this movie was made. Yeah. But it's still, like, you know, she started on Degrassi when she was thirteen, and this is such a such a far flung thing from that. Like, and like that's that's one of the more jarring things for me is that how much she looks still like the Emma we know. Yeah, I just I hate it. I hate just I hate everything about it.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, like she's like bemoaning how average she is and how like she wants to be with Nick, but Nick only dates babes and. Then, this like... Is,
1: this is Hannah talking.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't know. Don Calls says that she's average. But I guess Hannah is like, oh, I want to date Nick. And he's whatever. Whatever. And then, like, fucking, like, um, Brad comes in. He's like, yo, I got the new Kingpin Pimp album. Which is like, oh, do you now? Yeah. And he's like, hey, you want to come into my car? He invites Hannah initially... Hannah denies the invitation and Dawn goes with him. And, and like, you know, Dawn's just kind of like, gotta, I gotta. Like, sorry, Hannah, you're on your own.
1: Don, Don's attitude throughout this whole movie is, like, this is what you gotta do. Yeah. Like, and also, every man in this movie is garbage.
0: Yes. Dawn's character, I understand what they're, I understand what they're trying to do. I think, like, Dawn's character is probably the one that has the, that would have had the most potential to, like, be something because like her situation is you can sympathize with her Mm -hmm. in a way that like she's she's someone where if she was edited very differently and directed very differently she could have been a Degrassi character you know what I mean like Mm. kind of torn between like you know that I'm not a girl not yet a woman type conflict um trying to deal with her sexuality and trying to make sense of having a purpose in the world when she does not feel she has one
1: she reminds me a lot of lily from assassination nation um where like she understands so much about what's going on and it's just basically like you have to play the game or otherwise like what's the point
0: exactly and like i think if she was in a different movie a different tv show a different anything she would be something interesting
1: yeah literally super interesting (laughs)
0: yeah and like there you go like you can find that character archetype in different things but um yeah she's she's like going through the motions because that's how she finds self-worth so she goes with with him to listen to the album quote unquote um And then that kind of leaves Hannah S.O.L. Because literally both of her friends are hooking up with men right now. She said no. And then she has to call up her mom to pick her up.
1: Yeah. And they have a super weird conversation. Yeah. That flowed. Well, we didn't see it in Degrassi. But it's the, you said you'd pick me up, no questions asked. Yeah. And I'm just like, is that? I'm assuming it's a thing for many mother daughter like yeah relationships yeah but it's just like the.
0: it's weird because like Trish doesn't it's like it's weird because Trish is like trying to be positioned as a character who um, loves her daughter and respects a version of her daughter but like the way she talks to her it's like she never respected her it feels like yeah <laughs> she's never
1: the Trish, like, reminds me of. Well, I mean, it's like Trish is the self, Trish is the self insert character for somebody who's not that great. Yeah. Like, if you think Trish is a hero, you need to reexamine your life.
0: I agree. I agree wholeheartedly.
1: Because, like, I mean, of like, she. I, if it wasn't for Dawn's mother, like, I would say Trish is the worst mom. Yeah. Like, I mean, they actually know all three of them. Worse
0: than Becca? I don't know. All, all three all moms three them... are, like, dogpiling for the bottom rank. Yeah. They're all terrible their own unique ways.
1: Um. So, the next day at school.
0: Yeah, and, like, Hannah is chatting about, what is it, the Scarlet Letter? With uh, Thomas.
1: Yeah. They... Her, her friend. And it's one of those super generic, like, it's a super generic, like, high school conversation that, Which like, is
0: fine. Probably the most realistic moment in the movie, let's be real.
1: Well, my... I've... As somebody who's seen a lot of, like, just awful team media over the last two years, mm-hmm. like, the... Like, it just bugs me so hard when the the writers can't go further than, like, what is a book they would read in high school? We will have them read that book. We will have them talk about that book. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing whenever we deal with Mrs. Quant's class in and Gra- It's always
0: Shakespeare.
1: Yeah, it's always Shakespeare because, like, it's easy to talk about that. Like, he's like, oh, Poe is so scary. Oh. And she's just like, oh, Letter. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, so,
0: yeah. So, she's talking to him. Um, and as they're talking about the novels, Nick appears. And the friend just kind of, like, ollie's out. And
1: Nick drops him off slur.
0: Yep. Well, no, he's just he's so gay. Like, who? Man, now I remember we're in two thousand four watching this one, um, and, and Nick tries to like really try and butter Hannah up by saying like, you know, she's hotter than Angelina Jolie. Like, like she he says like, you know, she's a dog next to you, and like.
1: You know, be- best way to compliment men, best way to compliment women is mm-hmm. by, you know. Just uh shitting on other women. Good idea. Yep. Great, Nick, you're a piece of shit.
0: Right. And then like he <laughs> proceeds to ask her out. Um and, like, you know, he's like, oh, like we can hang out with Brad or whatever, and you know, says, like, oh, I'm done with Becca, by the way. <sighs>
1: also <laughs> just like Nick is the worst. <laughs> he's
0: the fucking worst. So like eventually we find out what is supposed to make Nick so tragic because like the next scene that we see outside of school it's him at home he's checking his voicemail from his parents it's a Jimmy situation in the sense that like um his parents are um not coming home so he's alone but how he deals with being alone he drinks beer he has like uh, porn in this movie is really fucking weird he's like Re- addicted to porn? Is that how we're supposed to read him? Because like his email account, his email is like full of like, porn spam, but like he's clicking and reading through it.
1: Yeah, I mean like that's how I'd read it, but it's just like, that could be an interesting, thing, but they're yeah. not. But they're not going to talk about that.
0: No, no. But like he he just is like he drinks a beer and he watches porn. Mm-hmm. And like. It, <sighs> There's this thing about porn in here that, if this was done correctly, could have been a bigger commentary about, like, the issues with porn and the porn industry, right? It could have been about how it desensitizes men into thinking women are props and objects. And it could have gotten there, but it never really does. It's like porn is used there, basically, I think, just to sensationalize.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, it's, the, it's another bad thing.
0: Yeah, like, it's not really there to it's just like oh these teens are watching porn and they probably shouldn't as opposed to like hey maybe you shouldn't be watching porn because there are deeper societal implications to it like it it never gets there but like yeah he like he does that and then um we go to dawn's house and dawn is like it, it transitions to porn to like her sister watching porn and, like, Dawn coming in and saying that homework is the R-word. Which, once again, another another great little little snippet of 2004 media is, like, how freewheeling everybody was with the R-word.
1: Or how just garbage this writer was.
0: I mean, no, I would venture to say everybody was, because, like, even some of my favorite shows, like, Friday Night Lights and stuff, were using it during this era. Which is, like, mm. really upsetting. Um, but... It, it was it was just used so fucking much, yeah it was, And it's so ugly to hear um and it's so ugly to hear Emma say it like I'm sorry, I know it's Miriam McDonald I know that's an actress, but also like Emma
1: okay well let's just we're gonna take a quick side jaunt where yeah. it's just like it's like if I saw Chris Evans being a bad guy in a movie, yeah, I would just be like, no, you're Captain America you're not. Sp- I mean, like, they use that to great effect in um, Once Upon a Time in the West, where, like, they had traditional hero, Pete Fonda, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, no, he's the bad guy. hmm Like, you know, that could be... But the thing is, like, I don't think... This this movie's not smart enough to think about it that way. They're just like, here's what you say. Yeah. Like, here's here's the script. That's probably why she feels so, like... Because at this point, Emma's been on Degrassi for four years. Mm-hmm. Which you know, or. <laughs> yeah. for four Years, so like she's gotten used to like good writing mm-hmm. for the most part. Like she's gotten used better
0: to, writing than this.
1: She's got. <laughs> let's not go too far. <laughs> That's it. but like. Yeah. She's gotten used to writers who slip up here and there, but are not going to drop. Uh, <laughs> like, they slip up here and there. They're but, not like,
0: this level of bad.
1: Like, I think she can recognize, like, this is an ugly, ugly script.
0: Yeah, and, like, also, like, in Degrassi, while there are some issues with it, like, the kids had some some degree of autonomy or, like, you know, some input. Like, it didn't always mean that all the input was going to be considered, but it sounds like it was a writing environment where kid, the kids could... Potentially bring something to the table and have it impact their character.
1: Yeah, I'm sure if they tried to pull this, like Mary McDonough, like Emma would not say this word.
0: Yeah, like they could actually have a discussion about it. Meanwhile, with this, it's like no, this is this is this character. But it's just a very uncomfortable experience. Um, the mom is outside, like like Dawn kind of pulls up the window, uh, pulls up the blinds, and sees that th- that uh, their mom is making out with a man, in like in the middle distance and she's just like has a bit of a meltdown about it and how unloved she is, basically. Which once again, like, I think in the right hands this character could be something. I think in the right hands this could be a compelling take on a character, but this this is so clunky and so agenda driven toward agenda <clears throat> I don't really know myself, it it fails to actually create a character.
1: It's just like they just kept piling on like plot lines. Yeah. Like I've, I've seen enough of these garbage films where they're just like, well, we don't, we, we're not talented enough to focus on one and just really get into the heart of it. So we're just going to keep adding ones on. Exactly. Like, oh, that guy's religious parents. Throw that up there uh, uh, Hannah's mom's a bit overbearing Throw that up there Dawn's upset that her mom is dating all these men Throw that up there um, Nick might have an addiction to porn Throw it up there Just keep adding plot lines We'll cover up the fact that we don't know how to keep this thing This thing is not even 90 minutes long It's 88 yeah, minutes it's,
0: <laughs> it's a hard 80 minutes
1: It's a hard, hard... i I hard to watch this thing in steps yeah. Like, I started watching 17 minutes of it, thought about texting Donnie, being like, how could you do this to me? Then I was like, no, no, Donnie's suffering too. Yep. Then, like, I watched it, like, 15 minutes when I was walking on my break at work. Then 30 minutes while I was walking on my break for lunch. And then 15 minutes when I was walking on my break for, like, my last break. And then, like, the last 10 minutes when I was just sitting in my car, getting ready to drive over here. I was just like, okay, I think it skipped through Hannah's mom looking angry Okay, keep going. Or okay, I'm done. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it's just, ugh. and then like the next scene, we have Trish. She meets up with Don's mom, whose name is Kitty, I think, because like every like Trollop character's name is Kitty,
1: except for Kitty Foreman.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's all I got. Oh,
1: I love Kitty Foreman.
0: Fortunately Kitty Foreman's not in this.
1: Kitty Foreman would kill these women.
0: That's probably true. <laughs> but um so like but like they're talking and um Dawn's mom brings up that Hannah has a date with Nick and Trish is upset because she didn't hear about it. Um and Dawn's mom hand waves it by saying, like, Oh, well, if you want your daughter to be popular, like you should just you gotta just let it happen.
1: Then calls a sixteen year old hot.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I even forgot about that.
1: <laughs> I think true. I think at a certain point your mind just shut down. It's like, no, I'm not accepting any of this. <laughs>
0: I know, like it hit a point because I was like, I was watching it, but like I've had I've had quite the rough, rough uh, stretch of time recently, and I was just like, just trying to to create a semblance of normalcy for myself. And uh, sorry if there's some details I just missed. But yeah, like she's like, no, yeah, Nick is hot, and if you want Hannah to be popular, like you gotta just let it happen. Cue the dramatic cello music. Hannah is practicing in her room. Trish is watching her, and then she applauds. Um, And Trish says that you know, you know, my policy here: if you want to go on a date, like you have to, I like I have to approve it. And Hannah, of course, has issue with it because the fact of the matter is, is like. You know, she she says, like, you know, what am I supposed to do? Just be like, oh, like, am I supposed to ask my mom and things like that? And Trish's like, yeah. And even I'm like,
1: yeah. yeah, like,
0: yeah, that's how it works. It's usually, uh, let me check in with my parents and make sure I'm free. But, like, whatever. Okay. She's in ninth grade. Um, I know the practicality aspect of her brain is still developing.
1: I, like, I was. Okay, so this is gonna sound kind of weird but like I was a freshman in college my, one of my friends was two years younger than me he was a junior mm-hmm. and like we worked in the same pharmacy together and I was like this guy's pretty cool I'm gonna hang out with him mm-hmm. so then like he, I talked to him about it and he's like yeah let's hang out him, like like this day and I'm like alright cool 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 and then I get a call from him he's like I can't hang out my mom thinks you'd be a bad influence and my parents and my sister were just like, you. Yeah. <laughs> have Have they met you? <laughs> but I'm like, I mean, but we all just were kind of like, makes sense.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, it's I'm
1: like, I'm an unknown college kid.
0: Yeah, like like I don't blame his parents for reacting that way. I think that is reasonable, honestly, because it's like, at the end of the day, like, it is a little weird, like it's not like in in terms of how society views this types of stuff. It's like it, it, the expectation is like once you're in college like you're in college and you only hang out with college and up
1: people. Yeah, but like I was living at home, like yeah. commuting and just lonely.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand the reaction.
1: But um yeah, um and I do say though that like I this was the beginning of the what I call privileged age of high school dating. hmm um, in that like I lived during the time of landlines <laughs> and like the abject terror of calling somebody's house uh-huh. to ask their like ask them out mm-hmm. and then their parent picks up. Yep. <laughs> And, like, but this is also the time period where caller ID showed up. So you can't just hang up and call again and hope for the best. It's, like, no, they'll know. And they're, like, (laughs) we're not letting you go out with that guy who called, like, five times and hung up.
0: (laughs) I didn't realize that was, like, such a big issue. Like, by the time I was, like, cell phones were a thing,
1: so. Yeah, no, no. Well, for me, it was. That's why I didn't really date in high school. Like, I was just... I mean, that wasn't the only reason. The other reason was I was very depressed. But, like, the other reason was just, like... It's scary.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I never... Like, I mean, cell phones are used in here. It's definitely more, like, how what it was like for me. Because, like, at this time, I think I was about their age. I was, like, a freshman or sophomore in high school when this movie came out. Um. So, like, their access to technology tracked to mine. Like, I got a flip phone in, like, eighth grade. But that's mm-hmm. also because, like, I was a latchkey kid. So, mm-hmm. I feel like us latchkey kids got phones a little quicker than some people because, like... If we were old enough to kind of look after ourselves, our parents were not going to pay for like a babysitter.
1: Yeah, I um, think it went to college.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, so so um, so yeah, they talk about the date. Um, they have the dramatic cello practice and everything. Um, Hannah. And she kind of like um talk about the situation. Hannah affirms like you know is it okay if I go on this date? Trish does like a really forlorn like okay. She's um, just the worst. <laughs> she really is. Um, but then, like, you know, addresses some of her concerns. Um, and then we we go, we change character perspectives. Mostly we're seeing Becca, and she's doing the classic, like, she dresses up very, like, conservative when she goes into school, and then she jumps out of that outfit and wears, like, a very, a way more provocative outfit when she's actually in school. Um, it's interesting because this, this, This movie puts a lot of emphasis in what the girls are wearing. The camera work really, like, looks at it in a way that's very uncomfortable, in my opinion. And yet, as they do it, they're not talking about dress code at all. Like, none of these girls get dress coded. There's very little emphasis on, like, how the school, except for the STI outbreak, there's very little discussion of how the school is handling any of these types of situations. Mm. But... And as Becca's doing that, Dawn is walking into a teen health center in the school, which is also interesting because I really have like never really seen school things have like schools have that. Um, One school I worked at has like a, a teen center, which provides has like therapists and stuff like that. Um, which is really nice so it's free therapy that kids can have access to
1: that sounds amazing I
0: know right it's it's amazing it's it's great stuff and a lot of my kids have benefited from it but um, is that like
1: what miss Salve is in durassi
0: yeah yeah like imagine sauvey but like imagine like I think they had like three or four folks you could go to um one of them like a one or two of them had like group that kids could enroll into um they also had one-on-one therapy options this is an exception to the rule with Mm -hmm. a lot of schools like most schools don't have this type of resource this school for whatever reason just had it and i really am glad it's called the teen center i believe it was called um but like it was a very well-known thing that like you know they had passes that um you know teachers would get, and they would try and pull them out of study hall and things like that. But like, you know, some classes you would get a pass just like, hey, just so you know, like this kid has an appointment, let them go. Yeah. And, and it's great because the kids don't have to pay for it. And then there's group therapy that they don't have to pay for and stuff like that. And it's, it's an amazing resource.
1: Yeah.
0: This teen health center doesn't really seem to, it just seems like a clinic. Yeah. It doesn't seem to account at all for mental stuff, but, um, Dawn goes into it and, um, that is never a good sign. And as she uh, goes in, she's getting uh, checked out, and she reveals that she has a sore in her mouth from about a week or so ago,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is of course your first red flag of like what the one of the main issues in this whole entire thing is going to be. Yeah. Um. So as that whole entire you know that whole entire thing is established, the bum 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 aspect of it. Um. And then we go to the date situation. Um, so Nick arrives, Hannah is in, um, is in an outfit that she borrowed from Dawn, so it's very provocative looking, um, and Hannah's dad is kind of just a pushover in the situation, he's just like, oh yeah, whatever, okay, uh, bye, and Trish, like, makes this really weird comment to him afterwards, like, you know, when... Like, you know, didn't you say that like, you would have a shotgun? And, what like,
1: happened to the days of the father telling the boy that he would be waiting for her, waiting for his young his daughter to come home with a shotgun ready?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, that type of stuff.
1: Super healthy. Oh, yeah. Just super healthy. This relationship
0: healthy. is just super, super sound.
1: This 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 family has, like, all, it's, everything's just going together real well.
0: Perfect. um, And then, of course, Nick... Is the date that Nick is taking her is to is the party that he had that he was invited to, um, you know the guy who's not his parents aren't home, etc. Et Nobody's parents are like ever at home except for the lead girls. Yeah, it seems like all the boys have just like negligent and parents. Becca's. Yeah, it's weird. Um,
1: <laughs> it's a plot convenience,
0: of course. Um, not to say that that doesn't happen, but you know, like yeah. it's not every fucking weekend
1: it's just like where are the people calling the cops on these parties i
0: know cuz they're wild cuz they go to this party they're
1: they're like the wild high school they're they're the generic wild high school parties
0: yeah like they're at the party there's like joints out music is playing really loudly people are like hooking up it's like the very very tropey kind of teenage party thing that um degrassi avoids which i'm really grateful for um but it's very just, like, over the top. And, like, the shaky cam, like, focuses very quickly on, like, the more explicit things that are going on in the house. Um, is porn playing at this point? I don't remember. Probably. Don't
1: know. <laughs> um.
0: Anyway. So, um, Thomas is is also there. And Thomas sees Hannah with Nick. And Thomas takes it very negatively and says, like, you know, like you're on the winning side now. Like, what happened to, like, what, like, you know, what happened to you? Because Hannah was a band geek and things like that.
1: I thought he was the, uh, Nick was the enemy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which, but, like, also, like, they don't talk in a way that they see Nick as an enemy. Like, it's really odd, because it's, like, they really don't frame this correctly for it to have any emotional weight to me.
1: Because you're supposed to immediately key in that, Thomas is in, like, cares, like, has romantic feelings for Hannah and she's going with the popular dude and, like, whatnot. And this is way more effective in Stranger Things.
0: Well, there's that, and also, like, it it just doesn't seem that Hannah ever had an investment in being down, like, you know, being against people who were trying to be popular. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it doesn't, the way that she acts doesn't actually come off like she's changed she's made a change
1: yeah
0: it it really just seems like the and maybe this is just the fault of when the story takes place but like it seems like she still genuinely likes playing the cello but she also wants to get laid like you know what i mean like it's like she it doesn't feel like she's had this horrific personality change or or change in morals or whatever it kind of just feels like she's always wanted to do this now she's actually doing it yeah so it's very odd in that sense. But Thomas is, like, really upset about it. Um, and, and um, you know, Nick just kind of, like, pulls her off, pulls her away and says, like, you know, hey, like, let's stop by my place. You know, it's empty and shit. So
1: Thomas is offended, puts on his fedora and leaves.
0: Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so they go to Nick's uh, house. Of course, his parents aren't home. He starts up, like, a hot tub and stuff like that. And he starts removing his clothes, and you know, he looks like he's about to strip down, and Hannah's wondering if she's supposed to. He's like, oh no, you can just grab a swimsuit. Like, or well, you didn't think I'm gonna make you be naked.
1: And Which is another confusing plot, Hulk plot convenience for me. I'm just like, does he just have a bunch of loose swimsuits in like, in his bathroom?
0: I mean, I will say this. Um, Gwyn's family has a pool. Like, it's a really nice pool. And I know that whenever we've had people like visit and like whenever we've had there and we've had friends, like, you know, if it's like summer and they didn't bring a bathing suit, like there were a couple like spares kind of floating around that people could wear if they fit into it. So like that part isn't that weird to me. It's just like this very clear, like trying to come off like he he uh, cares about her and her well being. And she's, it's, it's just very manipulative. Um, and of course, like, he's, like, trying to get her into the water. He's, like, super condescending the whole entire time. He's trying to, like, coerce her into the, into the hot tub. Um, they're talk. there's a lot of moments in this movie that it's like, they're talking, but I don't know what they're trying to say. It, like, kind of reminds me of, like, The Room or, like, The Book of Henry. Like, that very specific subgenre of bad movie where I don't know if the writer of it has ever met a human.
1: It it feels like it was written by aliens.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I would not be surprised if these were extraterrestrials trying to create media. Because it's, like, the way that they talk at each other is just... They say words and they make full sentences, but they don't make sense.
1: I am not going to kiss you, smoochy 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 smooch.
0: Yeah, like, this is, it's kind of hot. That's the idea. Like, it's just like really weird exchanges like that. And there's a lot of moments like this in the movie where I feel like a lot of the time I might have missed something because I literally did not understand. <laughs> like, I did not understand what they were trying to say. Um, and... So, like, you know, they do, like, this weird thing where, like, he's like, oh, I, I wasn't planning on kissing you, blah, blah, blah. And then she, like, takes it as, like, a as like a a chance to try and, like, kiss him. Like, these really exaggerated kissy faces. And they, like, she, like, chases him around. And, um, you know, eventually they, like, you know, Nick is, like, zooming to get her home before curfew. Her hair is, like, super dry. Like, she doesn't look like she was in a hot tub. Um... <laughs> And, um, you know, she gives him, like, a super passionate kiss before she leaves the car. Um, And, you know, she comes inside. Her parents are, like, kind of curious. And she's just, like, just running up the stairs. Like, oh, I'll tell you about tomorrow. Bye. And, of course, so she can go on to buddy chat slash aim. So she could talk to Dawn underscore zero one and say that, you know. How the hell
1: did she get that?
0: There's no way.
1: There's no way There's no
0: fucking way Anyway <laughs> She reports back that You know She she Her her time with Nick was Amazing Spelled with three Z's uh,
1: <laughs> no, I'm just thinking She's just like Then she's IM'd by Triple um, X Seth Ross One two five Triple X And she's like I have no more time for you I'm popular now Right <laughs> I will still have her Write you that off crowd fanfiction.
0: Yes, Ow. please do. <laughs> but um, um, but um, so the next scene we have is of course like they're literally at church. Becca is at church too. And this also is like really doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like this, this like religious element of it is just like it feels like so poorly handled. And, like, the rhetoric that, like, Becca's parents have is, like, so dogmatic compared to the alleged Christianity of Trish and her family. It's it's very odd.
1: But then we get the super awkward scene where Becca is just like, hey, it's cool if you and Nick hook up. It's like science. He needs to spread his seed around. And then that was the point I, like...
0: Yeah, like, they talk after the mass. Like, she walks over to her and they're, like, talking about it. It's like everybody else is, like, doing their, like, you know post-church rituals And, and she's like you know um and she just assumes hannah had sex she's like oh wow like you haven't like what the hell um and it's just like this super weird conversation um yeah like becca i mean becca becca and her her response to nick having sex with other people is really not that surprising given the two threesomes she has in this movie um, but, like, of course, like, you can't even... It's not even, like, this, like, a uh, polyamorous viewpoint of it. It's definitely just a self-worth or lack thereof or the feeling that she's just, like, a pawn in all of this. Like, it's not... It's not to be progressive, her view. It's definitely just this, like, boys will be boys. They want to have sex with everything. Why am I going to try and, like, keep someone monogamous? Um, but, yeah, so, you know, um... The next scene that we have is Don going to the hall, going to um, the teen health center, and this, like, public health official who is, like, the only black character who has more than, like, two lines um, in the whole fucking thing.
1: If you can if you can think of a single other one, I will be, like, I will give you a high five.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, one set of parents had two lines, but I, I guess I said more than two lines. I don't think What's there's the, anyone
1: else. No, wait, I think there's a principal. I
0: thought the principal... Was the principal white? I don't
1: know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this movie sucks.
0: Yeah, um, the public health person is talking to um, Dawn. Like, they had her come in because she has the early stages of syphilis. Um, and it's kind of... The the way that they approach this in terms of, like, disclosing to parents and stuff is very odd, because the way that they talk about it is they don't say that they're not going to tell her mom because of HIPAA or anything like that.
1: Which does not cover people under 18.
0: No, which doesn't cover people under 18. They basically are like, we won't tell your mom if you tell us, like, you know, who you've had sex with.
1: Welcome to the McCarthy hearings of sexual history.
0: Yeah, right? Like, it's really weird. So, like... You know, she she is like, you know, okay, like, I'll tell you, but I need a clarification. Um, because, like, she's like, I've had a lot of oral, like, does that count? And the, in the public health official, who I don't ever, I don't know if we ever got her name. I don't know it. I was listening for it. I might have missed it, but I don't think we ever got it. I don't know what she's credited as. I'm
1: checking IMDb.
0: Yeah, but um, Dawn starts freaking out a little bit. Um, because she's like, well, you know, I, if if you include oral, like, I have had sex with probably about 15 to 20 boys. Well, and... I'm sorry. Oh, and the health official is, like, losing it in front of her. Which is, like, what you shouldn't do when working with a child. If you work in public health, I want to believe you have a little more decorum on that one.
1: There's this one part where, where she says to her, I'm not going to judge you. And then um, Dawn is just like, okay, like I, she's like... Aren't you going to say anything? She's like, I'm counting. She's like, 20? And then imme- Then the health official immediately judges her. Yeah. <laughs> She's
0: just like, oh, my God. And, like, yeah, okay, you know, once you hit that number, like, it's obvious that that's going to be a large, large number of people who are infected potentially with this. Like, that's true. If you do anything public health, I understand. Like, that's very potentially nerve-wracking situation especially with kids oh my god but like there's no fucking ability to support this girl at all
1: she um what she plays lauren james
0: is that a character's name yeah really? uh
1: her name is karen glaive and she was in the shape of water really yeah huh
0: well that's much better than this
1: was, yeah so somebody like somebody got a stink pile <laughs> you
0: no, know, sometimes, sometimes you gotta just keep plugging at it until you end up in an Oscar-winning movie. Um, but yeah, the public health person has like no ability. Lauren, Lauren, that's her name.
1: Lauren James.
0: Lauren James has no ability to handle Dawn and support her. Um, and you know, as she's shocked, it cuts to Hannah. Hannah is in her bedroom. She she uh, sees nick at the window and they have like a text exchange while he's at the window blasting rap music
1: this was so bizarre oh yeah like yeah. the whole point of text messages is that you don't have to be within like viewing distance of each other
0: exactly and like he's like blasting rap music i think his little friends are there too
1: i think it's just him
0: oh maybe okay um anyway so like they're like doing this weird exchange and of course he drives off so naturally trish who's downstairs is like, oh, what the fuck was that about? Because, like, I would feel the same way. Why is this hooligan (laughs) stepping out of his car and sending text messages to you while staring at you in the window? I don't get it myself. Um, But why
1: isn't he stalking you the old-fashioned way, standing under your window holding a boombox?
0: Yeah, like, it's just really bizarre. Um, And he had asked Hannah about going on a second date. Um, And Trish is bringing up her concerns, which, you know, she probably should have brought up sooner. Like, how old Nick is. hmm Which, like, we haven't talked too much about this in Degrassi because we haven't had enough couples to really discuss this. I mean, the only thing we really did was Craig going on the date with Manny and realizing that she was immature. hmm
1: This
0: isn't... It's, it's hard to talk about this sometimes because I feel like with high school so much of it has to do with emotional maturity. Age is a factor, but I feel like emotional maturity makes a world of difference because like as a teacher, I have seen like a sophomore date a senior and it in the relationship was pretty okay, but I've also seen like horrible examples of it. It's 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 much it it's hinges so much on the maturity level of the kids that does not necessarily dictate the age when you're at the high school level. It's a lot of, like, interpersonal growth that you have to account for with it. So, like... But at the end of it all, it's very obvious. Like, Nick is way too mature, mature quote-unquote, for Hannah.
1: Yes. Nick, like, Nick has learned how to manipulate people. Yeah. And Hannah is still very very unworldly like it's just that's I don't think it's a term but like it's just like
0: she's still a freshman like I feel like when I speak to that I feel like my my feelings toward that really mostly apply to sophomore juniors and seniors I think that when you're a freshman you are still so small and socially you are so small it is so difficult to see any upperclassmen find equal footing with them if they're unless they're like maybe a sophomore yeah but like it it, it's one of those things where it's like the thought like i i think that would probably be the stipulation i would give i think freshman dating upperclassmen is just it's not a good idea after that first year i think it gets a little a little more open like a little more of like an open field especially when it's like you know kids are in theater together or like some of those like mixed grade activities and spend a lot of time with each other marching band things like that where you you spend a lot of time with people that are not necessarily in the same age group as you like grade as you so you end up like getting to know each other and developing deep relationships that way but like freshmen are so tiny yeah they are babies Um, so Trish being concerned about this is valid, but where the hell were you when he initially picked them up? I understand you were a little off your game because it was kind of, like, last second that you found that out, but the second that you found out that he was 16, you probably should have just been like, you know what, like, cool your fucking jets. I mean, I know this is a Lifetime movie and we need to have conflict, but, like, if you're gonna have this be the thing she's gonna harp on, then she should have been harping on that way earlier.
1: And, like this movie also gives no indication that they've ever had a conversation like this before Mm -hmm. like
0: it like goes around it walks around that in a way that's really confusing because there are times where they talk where it sounds like they've had ground rules set up and she's just not listening to them but then they have conversations like this which would mean like like Trish was not prepared at all for Hannah to potentially be dating yeah. It can't make up its mind over what is the scenario here.
1: It's like the conflict changes with each scene as the writers try and figure out what's the most interesting thing to do in that scene.
0: Exactly. And, like, it just doesn't find any consistency. Um, And and so, like, Trish gives these kind of platitudes of sorts of, like, you know, don't go into the car if, it, if the driver's been drinking and driving. Uh, it's drinking. Also, like, you can say no and things like that. And, like, it's kind of pushing all these very generic pieces of advice
1: I am concerned mother bot I am here to give you advice
0: yeah and then in the process like Hannah's like why can't you just be happy for me
1: I am child bot like <clears throat> you've hit you with another. these people are speaking sp- or whatever I keep coming with metaphors and it doesn't matter like mm-hmm. this movie is just so maddening like cause then they go back to Nick's house they go and watch a movie this time in his, like, personal amphitheater. And then... Uh, just get, uh, he starts trying to... And, it, like, he starts selling He gives her a necklace or something.
0: Yeah, she does. For being incredibly adorable.
1: Yep. <laughs> something, you know, no high, high school, like high school boy whatever say.
0: Yeah, and like you know, puts it on her. Um and before we get too far into this next part, I do want to add there is a scene before this which goes back to the public health office and like Lauren James. Yes. She is like making a web to like figure out like, you know, the the extent of the infections and does this like really scummy thing where, like, she, she instigates that Nick is, without any evidence, patient zero, which is, like, a huge issue because, like, that was, like, the big issue during, like, the AIDS crisis was, like, the implication and, like, you know, the the casting out the idea that there was a patient zero and there was 100% this is the person and it it, it caused so much strife for that person and so much Um, animosity because of it because like you made the implication that this man was why the infections were happening in the United States and like I mean I'm not an expert in public health I should have asked my I I was spending New Year's Eve with somebody studying public health (laughs) I'm a fool um but like the way that she does it it's just purely based on her gut reaction to Nick and not really that she has any has really done extensive evidence collection or extensive interviewing with Nick before she could make that call. Yeah. Not to say that he probably you know whatever like I know they're setting it up as if he probably is the one, but like they're wasting they're wasting their time on this plot when historically speaking like that that has has you know fucked up a lot of shit.
1: Yeah, and um, once again I think it's just something that the writer the writer of this movie saw thought this would be interesting to throw in there i'm just gonna throw it in i'm not gonna think about it at all
0: yeah but um after that setup you have the setup with the necklace and then um nick is with hannah i cannot tell where they go from the movie theater thing to like a bed i don't
1: No, he tries to help me oh god okay um he tries to hook up with her he tries to have sex with her in the chairs of the movie theater right okay but then she's just like, no, I don't want to go that far. And he starts pulling the bullshit, like, manipulative thing of like, oh, like, I thought you were fun. I really liked you. I really wanted to do this with you. Blah, blah, blah. I guess we could do play Scrabble or I can just take you home. Mm-hmm. And that is the point where she was like, wait, and starts unbuckling his belt. And it is just fucking disgusting. Yeah. Like, there is no reason for this to be in the movie. There's no reason for any of this, like, to to go that far. Like, you could just have her say wait and just cut away from it. But no. Like, it's completely gratuitous. Yeah. Um, it's
0: very, very, very much so.
1: And then we cut to the car where he says something else that's completely insane for, like, anybody to reasonably think. He says, you can tell people if you want. Yep. Like, it's a way to
0: boost her repu- reputation, he says. What? Yeah. It's, it's, it's so... It once again goes to how little, I think, the director, the writers, anybody actually understand how teenagers work. Because it's like, time and time and time and time again, the girl who has sex is always shamed for it. Yeah. Always. Like, any news of a kid having sex is brought out like i feel like i only get the name of the girl i barely if ever get the name of the boy or they're like some boy from a different school which i think sometimes is just hiding the identity of the other of the boy um it's you never actually get like both names it's always she was hooking up with a boy in in the stairwell she was the one who was brought the boy to the locker room like you know like Oh this person Full name First name Last name
1: And One of the the most infuriating one of those I saw Was like This Young man Had shot a woman Like He was his age Like about 17-18 After she rejected him They kept referring to her As a woman Kept referring to him As a boy Yeah And it was just like Ah I see what you're trying to do
0: Yeah It's It's gross It's nasty It's awful
1: Yeah
0: And um it's, it's just, so Hannah goes into the house, she's like trying to be super quiet, her mom is on the couch, um, so she goes upstairs to message Becca, who, Becca's display name is Becca69, by the way.
1: I want to go home. <laughs> I want to go home, I will put my, put my head in the dirt. Right. I will go to sleep forever, because that, that's killed me.
0: Um and you know she's talking about it and Hannah's talking about how like you know going down on Nick which is what she ended up doing in case you couldn't tell was like you know not that great and Becca is like oh like you know it's really better when you when you like have like P and V sex like like she's like yeah it's way better when you have like when you do that Um, yeah
1: <laughs> you can tell this you can tell this movie is written by women but it was written by men
0: yeah. Yeah, right. Um, and then, like, and so fucked up. She's like, oh, you want to come over my house? We can talk about it. You can help me babysit. And this part, I think, was legitimately, I think this is the part that I was the most disgusted by. If I had to pick something. Everything is vile in its own way, but this sequence is so horrible. Like, um, because we go to becca's house her little brother is sitting on the couch and as he's sitting on the couch dawn becca and hannah walk like they come in doing like a really sexy dance slightly wearing costumes it's like a and as they after they do it they bait him to call call them hot and like he's like you know he's just like they're like what do you think of cheerleaders and he's like hot 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 and like like things like that and like baiting him to say these types of things and he's a baby he's like a toddler like he's small maybe not that small but he's not not you know
1: no matter what age he is it's inappropriate
0: it's inappropriate and you are also a older sister making your little brother say that which is disgusting and adds another content warning to this i guess but um, it's, it's <laughs> they're just stacking up at this point. I, I know, all right. But like,
1: mean, <sighs> Assassination Nation has fewer content warnings than this.
0: Jesus, but like it's just super gross. And then like as they're like you know they're laughing about it and everything, and as that's happening, Dawn literally is just like, oh by the way, I have syphilis. Which like I kind of get, <laughs> I kind of get. Dawn in this fucked up world that is, she's too young. Dawn makes the most sense to me. Because I understand, like, it's like, oh, I'm just going to get it out in the open. And, and Dawn does. She's like, oh, by the way, I have syphilis. And, but, but, and then Dawn's like, yeah, but I got a shot and I'm cured. Like, she she got some antibiotics. Uh, antibiotics? I forget exactly. Yeah.
1: Antibiotics, antibiotics yeah.
0: Antibiotics, yeah. And she's like, yeah, but, like, I'll be fine. Um, And Becca is like, why did you tell us that? Like, Becca's just like, why the fuck did you say anything about that? What's <laughs> wrong with you? And... Um, Becca and Dawn have a fight about it, um, it. Because it becomes, like, that purity thing. Like, Dawn is disgusting because she has, because she has syphilis and things like that. Um, and I get it. And I think that Dawn and Becca's dynamic, if this was, once again, done by a writer that knew what the fuck they were doing, honestly, I feel like this could only be done by somebody who is not a dude. I don't really know... I feel like this has to have been written, this would have to be written by somebody who like deeply understands this perspective and comes from this perspective. But like that weird, that fucked up perception of yourself and how when you see somebody who is in a similar situation to you, you're trying to still like dogpile on them and trying to feel better about yourself when you're clearly lashing out. Because that's what Becca's doing, but it just comes off like this weird, flippant thing where like instead of it being like Becca sees herself in Dawn and is, in, and is scared about it. It just comes off like, she's like, why the fuck did you say you have syphilis? Why you gotta ruin the mood?
1: <laughs> why well, you gotta ruin this really creepy, weird mood?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Dawn is just like, well, I'm gonna leave. And she tries to get Hannah to leave, but Hannah decides not to. Um, they stick the little brother with food in front of the TV in the kitchen as, like, Nick and... Um, Brad, Brad, yeah, Brad, come over, and they sit on, like, the couch together. Um, Once again, the offer is given to listen to music, um, to go upstairs and listen to music. Um, They go, so all of them go upstairs, they start playing porn in Becca's bedroom. Um, Once again, why? I don't really know. I don't know if this is supposed to be giving, like, a deeper message or not. I couldn't tell you, or if it's just supposed to be provocative. Um, and Nick is like bi- passing Hannah off to Brad, um, and is like, you know, like y- you gotta like hook up with Brad, please. If you Brad like... and Nick have a really fucked up relationship. We I... get more into it.
1: Yep, yeah, it's so weird. It's
0: so weird because like Nick is like begging her to hook up with Brad, and she doesn't want to. So like
1: they they essentially break and... up.
0: Yeah, like she storms out and Becca has a threesome with them after like Nick called Thomas gay for just like existing. But like it, the way that they're so, it's so normal how like Nick is so casually in the same room as Brad's about to bone down. It gets me like they've done this so often. Like I think Brad and Nick have like seen more, like they've seen each other's dicks like <laughs> a fuck ton. <laughs>
1: My, Remind, oh it reminds me of that Andy, that Andy Samberg like joke song.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's they're like the embodiment of it's not gay, if it's in a three way, like yeah. It it's so weird because like the right they don't do they don't talk about it at all in the movie about the implications of that. It's it's just Becca, you know, Becca's having sex with two guys, ooh, but like not thinking about the fact that like. Teenage boys being willing to have sex with, you know, having a threesome like that, like, so easily. Like, <laughs> like what? Not, like, not to say I want this to be gay representation. I don't, because these guys are shits. But, like, it's so bizarre, and there's no discussion about it.
1: It's like, what? Okay, it's... <laughs> It's like, there's like there's an interesting plot line to follow. Right? But like, we're not going to follow it.
0: No, we're not going to. But, like, it's very interesting that, like, Nick is just like, whatever. Like, yeah, let's have a threesome together then I guess. If Hannah's not going to have sex with Brad, then I guess I'll have sex with Brad and Becca. And it's like, it's never talked about in that way at all. And it happens twice in this movie. This is the first time it happens. And it's it's bizarre to me how, like... How, like, this, 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 like, this is normal.
1: Yeah, it's just...
0: just uh, it's so weird. It's it's so, so weird. I, I honestly
1: feel like we could just skip doing Degrassi, or we could push all Degrassi season three and just give equal number of episodes to unpacking this thing five minutes at a time.
0: Right? Like, it's just, what the fuck? So, yeah, like, Becca has a threesome with them. And, um, there's no homophobic t- tantrums about her or anything. Um, and then Hannah is messaging Thomas at home and saying, like, Nick is the enemy. And, um, Thomas, of course, is, like, shallowly, like, shallowly, like, oh, yeah, you're so great. I understand the pain that you're going through. I'm here for you. Like, you know, that really manipulative shit. Um and then the next morning hannah is claiming that she's too sick to go to school trish is like trying to wake her up and then he's like you know what okay fine you can have the day off like it's been rough whatever um and nick then is marching into the teen health office because the uh lauren is having people come like wanted him to come in because she believes he's been exposed to syphilis because he was one of the Mm-hmm. He, th- she thinks he's patient zero he was one of the people who dawn named and i guess through careful observation like it's really unclear why she's so aware of the social hierarchies of the school like the way that she talks so confidently that it has to be nick that's kind of instigating this reads like she was observing the school but like i don't think she has i don't think it's physically possible with the timeline yeah. It makes no sense.
1: Wait, she showed up a day before.
0: Yeah, like, how does she suddenly know?
1: And how does a public health official have this much time to give to one particular school?
0: Yeah, it it's really doesn't make sense. It's really, like, doesn't really give you an accurate view of, like, what public health is like. Yeah. It's really odd. But, um, Nick won't give names, Um, but, like, claims, like, oh, yeah, but, like, he's fucked everyone. And then, like, I was just like, is he, like, a really evil bisexual? Is, like, that what we're supposed to read Nick as? Like, is he just this evil man who has had sex with everyone in the school? Like...
1: I wouldn't put it past this movie.
0: I don't think the writers were, like, that smart enough. (laughs) I think they were just, like... (laughs) Like, they were like, yeah, he's had sex with everybody. And I'm like, you just had him have sex with Brad last scene. Like, what the fuck? Um, anyway...
1: It's, like, this... Just this weird scene about how proud he is to have unprotected sex
0: yeah it's so weird and it's like it's i don't know it's it, the, his 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 motivations make no sense like i understand they're probably trying to come at it from like he's he's alone and unattended and he's wounded and he's lashing out but it also doesn't really work that way, the way that they portray him.
1: Because he's not sympathetic at he's all. He's not
0: sympathetic in any means, by any
1: means. None of, Nearly none of these characters is sympathetic. Like, no. I felt nothing for any of them.
0: No, no, I me mean, either. And, like, it, it's really hard to read, like, why he's the one that's kind of entrenched in all of this. It's... He's, like, proud of it, but he doesn't say why. It's not like he's, like... he He's not the one that says, like, oh, I want to, like, spread my seed. He's not the one that's, like, I want to make people miserable. He doesn't say anything about that shit. It's really peculiar. Um,
1: I just want to point out to everyone, I texted Donnie at some point. I hate all these characters.
0: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> they are not likable whatsoever. Um, then we have Hannah at home. She gets a call from Trish. And Trish is like, you know, if you're not feeling... Um, if you're not feeling great, like you know, we can go to the doctor. If you're still feeling sick tomorrow, like you can take the day off. But like you know, let's let's get this figured out. Um, and then Hannah in the conversation is like, "Oh, like you know, I'm not seeing Nick anymore." Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go to the principal. Then, oh, oh yeah sorry
1: then, then like Hannah like just gets angry at her mom over something. She's like, "I, I get oh no, she sees something." She's like, I gotta go, Mom, bye. Yeah. And it's just, like, for me, it was just the moment of, like, you can take your stupid kindness and go to hell. Because that was, like, the one moment I felt like Trish was actually being kind of a mom, where she's like, we should take you to the doctor and make sure everything's cool.
0: Yeah, that was, like, the one reasonable thing she did this whole fucking movie
1: we anyway, cut to the principal's office where the, the principal... Pr- he's
0: dumbfounded by, like, the STI cluster in his school.
1: Who knew children would be doing this kind of thing? It also
0: is weird because I feel like Nick seems to have enough social capital that I feel like people would know. Yeah. Like, well, we principals don't... are not that... I mean, I have worked with some not great principals. I've worked with some amazing principals. But the, any principal who, like, is worth their weight in anything is able to um, know what the fuck's happening in their own school in terms of the social stuff. Like the principal that I work with at my after school program like knows, he works in a school of like 1,200 kids. He knows everything. He knows each kid. He knows like their names. He says hi to them. He also knows all the gossip and he knows like, not in like a salacious <laughs> way, but in a way that like he knows like, oh, this kid is having like a rough patch or this kid is kind of an asshole and like things like that. Like. You you if you are working in the school you you probably have a good idea that shit is happening.
1: It sounds like yeah that principal your your principal just seems to be like or is trying his best.
0: I've worked with like I've said like I I've had some bad principals. I've also had some amazing principals. Um one like one of the longest high school my my time high school teaching I worked with an amazing principal he's a great dude i i i've spoken highly of him even on this show um the one that i work with right now through the after school program it's also amazing in his own way like good principles exist they're hard to find but they exist
1: yeah
0: and you can tell because they stay at the same school for like ever like they never leave <laughs> their position because there's no need because they actually do a good job
1: yeah uh principal plot convenience
0: yeah principal plot convenience is like oh wow i didn't know
1: let, uh, let me offer you unfettered access to my students lives
0: yeah um, and then like public health is like the uh, uh, Lauren is like oh like we have to um we have to you know let's let's like notify let's get like the kids that are on the list in and let's also send out a letter to everyone about the outbreak that part tracks I think I've never been in a situation quite like this. I do know that like when there have been like health issues amongst clusters of students, like we've had to have like letters brought brought out, we wouldn't but like the way that they handle it afterwards is really fucked up. But
1: I I honestly think like there is no reasonable way they would let this happen this way because they have the kids lining up. Yes, so that's that you, my issue. So that you can see who's there. Like my th- Exactly. My thought would be send, send the letter home to parents be like, hey and bring the kids in like one at a time.
0: Yeah, no, it's like people probably would figure out what's going on but it wouldn't put the kids in as vulnerable a position.
1: Yeah, because we see them lining up and we see people walking by oh. Dawn calling her a slut.
0: Yeah, so... Yeah, no, it's like super fucked up. So, um, they they give a letter notifying the parents about the outbreak. I do think that's
1: that that tracks. For me. That
0: tracks. That tracks. That that. Like I said, I've never been in in a. I've never had to deal with an STI outbreak. Knock on wood. Um, as a educator, I really hope I don't. Ever but like I've never had to experience that, but I like you know, if there's a light like think like back in elementary school, if the lice outbreak happens, then like, you know, <laughs> you know and everyone finds out about it. Like
1: you yeah, are <laughs> not gonna also like point out the beginning point of that either.
0: No, no, it's just oh, you know, just so you know, like I think like once we also had an issue with bed bugs. I remember that happening once where it was like a kid had a kid had a bed bug found on them. All the rooms that, uh, all the rooms that the kid was in were treated, and then there was like a like a mass list serve sent out letting people know. Normal, I've done that. Um, but anyway, so the STI cluster is identified. They have a procedure. Um, we cut to Becca, Becca's mom, cornering her and talking to her and being like, you know, I've heard through like you know through what has happened that you got tested for. For syphilis, I'm going to tell your dad. And, like, he's, like, super, super awful about it. Um, threatens to have her change schools. Um, and says that, you know, Becca kind of throws Dawn under the bus. And is like, oh, you know, like, Dawn is just giving names so that she doesn't have to tell her mom. Um,
1: and these McCarthy-era, like, hearings.
0: Yeah, right? Um, and then mom was like, you know, I really, th- I knew Dawn was trouble. Um, and Becca's like ever since the divorce (laughs) ever since the divorce (laughs) (sighs) but like it's just like and once again like is this not a thing where like parents want what's best for their child and in many ways stereotype and are negative toward other children in the process yeah that's true but like it's not it's just this is done in such like an exaggerated fashion it's ridiculous
1: it's just I, I'm so tired I just want this movie to be over mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah so um, yeah uh, where are we going so so Dawn um Dawn it goes to Dawn she's like checking out an outfit uh,
1: wait uh, and then like, like oh if we can go French for the day and then suddenly Hannah shows up yeah Hannah has syphilis as well.
0: Well, that's like later.
1: I could have sworn it was this part, No, um... no,
0: because this is now the revelation with Dawn. So Dawn is uh, So Dawn is like inspecting like her outfit and things like that. Um and then um, her Becca's mom I think called Dawn's mom. Right. and Dawn's mom is shocked to, like you know you're having sex like why'd you hide having syphilis from me and then like there's this really bizarre fight where like Dawn's mom's like do you want me to ground you and then like Dawn's like well if you ground me then you're grounding yourself so it's like you you don't wanna like you know you just wanna hang out with all like the men that you're dating and blah 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 blah, blah. and it's just like once again it's like it, it, it falls into this thing where it's like I don't think the screenplay writer has ever talked to a person where it's like, I think that distress of feeling that you are being replaced is a real feeling many kids and adults go through. However, the way that they portray it in this is utterly bizarre and just is not <laughs> the way like they're like, you're like, if you ground me, you ground yourself. Oh, you're grounded. Like, it's just like, it's such a weird, weird thing.
1: It's the skeleton of a, of a conversation without the cartilage to hold it together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really odd. And then Hannah is brushing her teeth and finds out she has a sore in her mouth. Yeah. Um. So, she. Always,
1: always in the same place. Yeah. Always in the right cheek.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So Hannah next scene. Show me
1: the science on that one. uh, Yeah. Like, like, just like bring the science. Like, we had this really specific case of right cheek syphilis. Yeah.
0: We just can't explain it. Um, anyway, so Hannah it has
1: something to do with just being a shitty person. Not, not like not like, you know, because you had sex that makes you a shitty person. Just like you the core of who you are is a blackened pit of hate. Mm. So it's most of the people in this town.
0: Right. Like yeah, there's no good people in this town. Um, so she goes to Thomas's, <laughs> and like it's so creepy because he has all these photographs of her.
1: I was I, I was like, this is the worst. And
0: she's just like, ah! Oh, and I'm like, it's not cool, Anna. <laughs>
1: and, and, and any like any normal human being would just be like walking backwards, looking for the doorknob as they can then turn it around. Yeah, run.
0: like she's just like, oh, this is great. Like I love this. And then like you know they talk about like you know they're talking about popularity. Um, you know Thomas is like, oh, you can come back to the dorks. Um, and it's it's so weird.
1: He is. It's just. And he's he,
0: fucked up. He's low-key one of the most fucked up. Like, I don't know. All the men are fucked up. I can't make a competition out of it. He's fucked up.
1: They're all garbage people.
0: Like, it's so fucking unsettling.
1: Like, make room in that garbage fire. Like, they're all jumping in.
0: Yeah, like, it's just really gross. And, like, it's... And he's
1: positioned as the good guy. And
0: that's what I don't understand. Because it's like, even the photographs he has of her are the creepy close-ups of her face and, and body parts. Like, it's not... Oh, you know, oh, he likes to take candids of her laughing and, like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, cute pictures of her or, you know, he has a lot of pictures that are clearly posed of her and he's just, like, you know, had her do weird photo shoots and shit. Like, it's this really creepy shit.
1: Yeah. And I guarantee that the writer, or one of the three men who helped make this movie, the three gross men who made this movie...
0: Did this to a role?
1: Or thought of themselves as, like, were a nice guy. It's the same reason that, like, a lot of these comedies, you know, that come out nowadays always had that one stoner character, which I'm pretty sure the writer's like, that's me. Yeah. Like, that stupid tag movie had... Like that same character in it And I'm just like These were like Five midwestern dads Who were playing this game attack. Why did you have to add This stupid stoner character in? Yeah Because that's them
0: Yeah No I agree um, But yeah No it's just really fucking weird um, And then Hannah's having dinner With um, Her family And Trish is saying That she's so upset uh, Because The parents have all found out About the sex craze Um, and Hannah apologizes to, for not telling them, but she, she positions herself as like it wasn't her business because she wasn't a part of it. So how could she know? Um, which we know is a lie, but I mean, you know, it's just like trying to push the blame elsewhere. Um, and Trish asks if like, you know, anything happened between her and Nick And Hannah, of course, like, shuts it down, fucking leaves. Yeah. And goes to look at, like, this sequence is also really foul in its own way. It's just, like, this extended sequence of her looking at, like, late-stage syphilis infections. For, like, a really long time. Yeah. It's very much, like, what my health class was like. (laughs) But, like, it's just, like, her looking at infection upon infection upon infection, like, late-stage shit. Um... So, like, it's just, like, really gross and gratuitous. Because it's, like, I feel like you easily could have had her pull up an article and zoom in on some of, like, the bullet points. Yeah. Like, all you have to do is, like, be like, this destroys your brain and drives you blind and, and, like, deeply, 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 like, unwell. Like, that's enough. (laughs) Syphilis sucks. It's existed for society, like, forever. And it's terrible.
1: Uh, Well... I actually heard a pretty interesting anthropological reason that it's still around. Ooh, what? So, back in the day, people thought, like... I don't know. I'm an idiot. That's schizophrenia.
0: But it's very different.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. No, like, well, that's still an interesting story. Yeah. Like, like somebody's like, I hear voices. People thought that was, like, the gods or God talking to them. So, like... Yeah, I want to go with that person.
0: Yeah, no, it makes sense. Like, I, like a, a lot of conditions, like mental illness, has always existed. It's just you know the language that yeah. was being used during the time.
1: I'm I'm sorry, everybody. like I'm just very tired. It's this movie okay. is very trying. It
0: is, um, but um.
1: <laughs> there should have been just one page that said like, "Thank God for penicillin."
0: Right? Like that's kind of like shout out to penicillin, but <laughs> <laughs> but um. Anyway, so she looks up late stage things. Then this is where the big public line for uh, the syphilis testing is. Like, the health center has, like, a line out in the hall leaving all these kids super vulnerable with a sign that's, like, blood testing here. And, like...
1: Nick and Brad are running around like, we're syphilins, we're syphilins.
0: My thing was, like, I was trying to figure out how they could... how they could have done this in a way that was better. And I think, one, having them come in individually could have been a good idea. Or two, like, have, like, I was, like, trying to think. I'm, like, could they have, like, everybody test for it and just have parents opt their kids out? Like, Mm -hmm. like, what? Once again, I've never been, because, like, if it's a, like, if lice, if there's a lice outbreak, everybody gets a lice check. Yeah. Like, everybody. So, like, I don't know. This is going into public health. That is just not my
1: field. Well, I mean, they're swabbing, like, to test this, they're swabbing the inside of the mouth, right? Yeah. How long can that possibly take?
0: It can't be that long.
1: Yeah. So my thing is just like instead of having a goddamn line with one nurse because everybody's told to go talk to Nurse Johnson.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's it.
1: Like, have multiple nurses so you can get that get people through quick. Like, a kid can't step. Kid steps through the door. It's like okay. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna swab your mouth. Sign this consent form. Boom. We're done. Yeah. Like, and have them come during class. Yeah. You're like I need to go to the bathroom. Who says I'm not going to the bathroom? Because the, the hallways are empty.
0: Yeah, like it's just a very odd idea. And then like it, it opens up Becca to getting like accosted while she's online and and shit like that.
1: Dawn like Don gets called awful names.
0: Yeah, because like Dawn passes by and then she she gets a lot of hate targeted at her because literally like a lot of the people that she gave the names of are right on that line. Like, <laughs> and then as afterwards, like you know the nurse. And, the, and Lauren are, like, wrapping up, and then Hannah walks in, and they're like, oh, you know, you weren't on the list, like, we don't think, like, you're any concern." and she's like, no, I am a concern, like, I have symptoms, et etc." et cetera. And then we have, like, this really lengthy montage of people getting shots because they tested positive for sy- syphilis. Then we go to Becca, and Becca's talking about how, like, she has sex with boys, like, she's dancing with them, and there's this really weird thing about how she's, like, she says that, like, she sees sex as, like, dancing with boys, basically, it doesn't mean very much to her, is, like, what her thing is, like, it's not really an emotional thing that she goes through, and then, like, the, then, like, you know, they're like, well, what if you, what if it was your sister, and she was, like, well, I would tell her not do it, like, and I, and it's just, like, this super patronizing, like, bullshit of, like, because, like, to her, her perspective, though, it is coming from a ninth grader, which is worrisome, like, It's, like, you know, for some people, like, sex is just, you know, doing it and exploring and having fun, and that's totally fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with being that type of person and being okay. And, like, you know, it requires probably a lot more maturity than a ninth grader is ever capable of, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. But, like, you know, Becca is, like, doing this, and then it's like, yeah, but here, I'm gonna gotcha. Like, here's the gotcha. Like, would you let your sister do this? It's just, like, shut up. (laughs)
1: It's, it's, like, the the biggest of, like, straw man politics. It is. Where you're just like, but what if your child did this? Would you let your child smoke pot, Mr. Legalized Pot, dude? It's like, yeah, I guess. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, like, like shut up. But anyway, so, um, Hannah also gets the shot. Um, and then Hannah and Don hang out drinking wine coolers. Um, Dawn is just, like, you know, oral is, like, nothing. I'm, like, like what does she call herself? It's, like, something oral. Um, and they, like, then use Barbies to talk about sex positions. And it's just, like, really creepy. It's, like, meant to make you feel uncomfortable in a way that is just, like, super, like, it's, it's trying so hard to be provocative. It's just annoying. Yeah. It's It's trying so hard to make you uncomfortable, but in a way that's, like, brings nothing to the table. Like... I understand some topics are uncomfortable. like, once again, to bring back to Degrassi, like, we watched a kid get shit beaten out of him
1: from Mm -hmm. his father
0: that, that, you know, this season.
1: We've seen a lot of rough stuff on that show. We've
0: seen sexual assault. We have seen...
1: Pedophilia. Near pedophilia.
0: Yeah. Like, we have seen fucked up shit. But, it... I didn't come out of those scenes feeling exploited at the end of it. It was like, Mm -hmm. no, you're trying to give a visual cue to a younger audience of, like, how this can happen. And you're trying to show who the enemy is in many ways. And I understand. Here, it just feels like they're doing these things just to be provocative. And I hate that. Yeah. I I can't stand that.
1: Because, like, I I think it comes down to, like, Degrassi is, like... Canada has publicly funded TV, right?
0: Yeah, and Degrassi is was for a while publicly funded, from my understanding.
1: Yeah, like Lifetime is like we're here to turn a profit. Exactly. And sensationalism sells. Yeah. Like they're a cable network. Like, exactly,
0: it's it's just super. It's it it puts a lot of like the way that the sh- episodes are structured in Degrassi into perspective when you watch this type of media and kind of contrast it. Yeah. Um. So, Dawn's mom comes home. Hannah is hugging the toilet, vomiting. Dawn is passed the fuck out. And, like, her sister is just kind of, like, among her unconscious body.
1: And just eating potato chips. Yeah, Living her best life.
0: Exactly. Well, she's not living her best life,
1: though. Uh, Oh, that specific moment, eating potato chips.
0: Yeah, and, like, (laughs) you know, Dawn's mom tries to encourage Hannah to just, like, you know, just be honest with her mom about the situation. Just tell her what has happened shit you know this type of shit happens sometimes when you're a kid and this is also where dawn's mom like makes little 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 like makes less and less sense to me because like i cannot tell with her how much of it is like she's this negligent mother who like you know who who has lost track of being a mom since the divorce and everything and how much of it is just she's like a she's like a very uh free free spirited mom who just doesn't understand boundaries very well like they they can't decide with her like cuz she she's coming off well meaning but with horrible execution in this scene as opposed to negligent
1: yeah cuz she calls Hannah's parents cuz i think it i think it changes when it's somebody else's kid that she's fucked up
0: that's true but also with like i guess i just want to see more of i i guess like it was hard for me it was hard for me to understand what the fuck anybody was saying during this movie. So my take is, take it with a grain of salt. I feel like there... It, it it was hard for me to really read, like, the extent of, like, the damage the mother had left on Dawn in many ways. Because, like, it just felt like it was constantly, like, it was all over the place in how they wanted to portray Dawn's family situation.
1: I mean, I would love to see a movie about party moms. Yeah. Like... But not this
0: No No Anyway so like she But like you know she, she um Hannah's dad picks her up She like drags Hannah in Like that's how fucking drunk she is On wine coolers Um Oh
1: my god Then this scene This scene
0: <laughs> Yeah And like her dad is like Super mad About the situation Hannah's just like Whatever Um And then like Trish Like at home Like Trish comes in with a whistle or like whistles at her.
1: Wait, is that the scene?
0: <laughs> I think so. Like they and then like the parents have this huge disagreement about like how to approach it. Like the dad is super like you're not being hard enough on her. She fucked up. And and Trish is like no, like let's hear her out and things like that. So like and it's like this weird like they they disagree um, about how to approach it. And Trish is like, you know, is this an experiment? Like, what is going on here? Um, and Hannah kind of like screams that she has syphilis.
1: <laughs> there's no polite, like, there's no. Po- <laughs> It's just like nobody just kind of calmly says it. It's like either blurted out or shouted out. And she's like, "You're ashamed of me. I'm a terrible daughter." Yeah,
0: like I mean, she calls herself an idiot, which is real. Like I understand a kid being like that. Like that—that makes so much sense to me. And then like, and then like, uh, Trish is like, "Well, like you're gonna come home immediately after school, and you are going to hang out with us on the weekends. You are not going to do anything."
1: I'm going to be a party mom now.
0: Yeah, like, it's just, like, super weird how she tries to, like, go about it. And then, like, um, says, like, you know, and then, um...
1: (laughs) I just realized that threat would make me, like, as a teenage kid, I would, like, follow whatever rule they want. They're like, you're gonna hang with us on the weekends. Like, oh, no. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'll do all my homework.
0: (laughs) But, like, yeah, like, it's just, like, super just, like... Anyway, so that's, that's, like, the punishment. (laughs) Then we cut to Lauren having a meeting with Hannah's parents... And this scene was like probably one of the only almost okay scenes, because like Lauren is trying to help them kind of deal with this. Cr- like what, what, how, what is it going to be like right now? While Hannah's trying to make sense of this. Yeah. And and Lauren is like, look, like you got to set up boundaries, and it's going to be a nightmare setting up those boundaries, which is real. Like yeah. that's very true. Like you know, if you're if you, I feel like that is something that probably one of the only honest things that is said in this movie is, like, you know, if your kid has gone through something like this, it, you know, they, they are going to potentially lash out at you or at the situation in a way that might not be, you know, it might be ugly for a little bit. But um, then says, like, you know, there's going to be a meeting about the whole entire crisis, um, and she's not really encouraged that, like, anybody is going to show up. And, like, nobody shows up to these kind of meetings. And, like, I I, I almost wonder if there's, like, a classist aspect to this, kind of?
1: Well, it seems like a pretty, like, upper-class high school.
0: Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's, like...
1: <laughs> Wait, they look down on Dawn, but Dawn's still living in, like...
0: Dawn's living in, like, a pretty nice house. Considering, yeah, like, like She's, like, has, like, a mom who is, like, just recently divorced and everything. Yeah. like... This is, like, a very affluent type of area. I think it's in Connecticut. Maybe. But, like, anyway, I don't know enough about Connecticut.
1: And Trish is like, I'll pull some strings and goes to meet with Becca's mom. And I was like, is this how she's having every meeting? Because, like, it looks very expensive.
0: Yeah. And, like, Trish is, like, having... So Trish tries to, like, is, like, gonna, like, try and wine and dine basically every parent to try and get them to show up. And, like, Trish is like, you know, this is a community responsibility. Whereas Kathleen, Becca's mom, is, like this is a private, like, you know, sexuality should be private, and, like, we should not be talking about it in public, and, like, you know, to, to even do that is, is fucked up. Um, and Kathleen also just straight up blames rap music at this point. Yep. She's just straight up like, I think it's rap music, but this is why this shit keeps happening. Um, and then Trish tries to talk to Nick's mom, who's actually home for once, and she, oh, she's awful. Oh, my God.
1: She's just like, I, my son doesn't use condoms. I'll have his father talk to him about that. And just, oh God. Yeah, I remember her being terrible. What does she say?
0: She's like, she was like, she would be more worried if Nick wasn't fucking around and not popular. And then also does this like really weird thing about male victims. And like, will somebody think of the male victims? But like. It's like it is super. Like it's 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 the way that people who don't actually care about survivors of sexual assault talk about male survivors that like really flip and like I'm gonna try and flip this on you. Have you ever thought about like you know what what survive what like men go through with this? And it's like you haven't either. You're just you just don't want to prove that you're wrong. Like yeah, that's why you're saying anything about it.
1: Yeah, but like <sighs> th- th- it's once again that bizarre alien speak where they're just like. Parents are concerned about their child's popularity. Like, my parents weren't concerned about whether or not I was popular. They were concerned about, like, whether or not I was happy and had friends.
0: Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. It's, like, I feel like if these moments of dialogue were reworded to, like, I would be worried if Nick, like, didn't have friends. Yeah. It would land far better than I would be worried if Nick wasn't popular. Like... The people who actually care About the social capital of their children Are usually Not not great Like <laughs> it's true It's it's like you said Frank like I think like you know Any parent would argue like you know I want my kid to be Happy I want my kid to have friends like I want My kid to to not be Bullied I don't you know like that Type of stuff
1: yeah like one of the Nicest things my dad ever said to me is just like You go off and you Beat you walk to the beat of your Drum and you should keep doing that because it shows you have, like, like, you're unique against everybody else.
0: Yeah.
1: Like... I, I think I said that, I was like, doesn't make me very popular. I was like, yeah, fuck them.
0: Yeah, and, like, <laughs> but that's usually because usually, in theory, like, if you are an adult, you are a parent to a child, you and you have, in theory, lived a sizable amount of time at that point, and you, you understand that popularity is, is so relative. And yeah. not really the point. Like being popular, it's it's not really about being popular. It's about being likable, sure, and it's about being tolerable and about being able to make connections, but it's not popularity. The only time you have to care about popularity, I feel like when you're an adult half the time, is like at least popularity in the sense that high schoolers would use it is like if you're running for office and shit. Yeah. Like being gregarious and being friendly and being seen favorably are certainly things you have to worry about as an adult, but, like, you don't look at it like a high schooler looks at it in terms of popularity of being popular.
1: Like, any reasonable adult would be like, this shit doesn't matter because you're going to graduate and they were never going to see these people again.
0: Exactly, exactly. But, like, the parents have this investment in a way that you would expect the kids to react to the situation. Not, not adults. Yeah. Um. So... Um, Hannah and Trish then have a scene where they're talking, and Trish is like, you know, I just don't understand this. Like, you know, what happened to the days of, like, my days of dating people? Like, we just didn't, we didn't have sex like you guys did.
1: Please.
0: (laughs) Right, please. But, like, Hannah's like, you know, times have changed, and hookup culture is normal. And, I mean, hookup culture is much more overt now. That's true. But, like, it's not that it didn't exist. (laughs) It's just more
1: teen pregnancy has been dropping steadily since the 1940s. Yeah. Where it was at its peak because nobody knew what the fuck they were doing.
0: Exactly. And everyone was like, you know, deeply secretive and ashamed and things yeah. like that. Like
1: We didn't have any sex ed.
0: Yeah. Like, it's it's just very, utterly bizarre. Um, and then, like, you know, Hannah is super upset um, because Trish is like, you know, I wanted your first time to be life-affirming. And... Stuff like that. This is where they actually have, like, a legitimate fight about popularity that feels almost right. Where, like, Trish is like, you know, it doesn't fucking matter. Like.
1: Well, she says, like. Like, every. Like, the whole crowd says, yes. You need to stand out and say no. Yeah. And it's just. Like, what? Like. I. I.
0: I'm this one this part is more of a well-meaning parent who fucks up and i i'm gonna give it more of a pass on this one because i think that that's like really a very inept parent trying to explain to their kid that like you gotta fucking um like you know it's true like look it's true like you, you as a as a kid like it's very hard for you like you want to if you're somebody like hannah at least you want to do things and go with the crowd, and that's true. Like, kids do that. And, and, and you know, it's it's just it's just a very well-meaning position of, like, you n- need to be able to find... Like, it's important for you to find your own individual voice in the midst of this.
1: Yeah. I okay, guess so that's, like, what my dad said to me.
0: It is similar, but not loving. <laughs> the way that she does it is, like, kind of condescending. It's, it's not... It's a similar... Vibe, but it sounds like the way that your father did it was much more in tune to your needs. Mm. The way that she says it is like it's not really speaking to Hannah's concerns.
1: I think like one of my main problems with every person in this movie is that like everybody is just framing it in terms of like say yes, say no, but like nobody's framing it in terms of just like own your own sexuality.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. It's it's you are too, you are you like, no, everybody is caught up in the machine and nobody's trying to find a way to turn it off. Yeah. Which also connects back to the end of this. Yeah. But like, nobody is actually trying to, to find a way to fix this situation. Trish's mom is posturing that she is. Yeah. But she's really not. And I'll talk more about this in a little bit. Yeah. But like, so Trish's mo- so Trish and Hannah have a fight about this. Um, so um the next day thomas takes a picture of hannah because of course he does and
1: hate this scene so much
0: and then brad comes in and asks um like they're like in in what the cafeteria and brad is like oh you want to go sit with us as a syphilis support group and then proceeds to threaten to, like, wreck her mom because, uh, like, if if her mom tries to reach out to Brad's parents.
1: Uh, he says, if your mom shows up on my doorstep, I will wreck your world.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he makes that threat. And then Thomas, I keep calling him Thomas. I don't know if his name is Tommy or Thomas.
1: I think it's Thomas.
0: Anyway, Thomas threatens him and Brad calls him gay. So it's the second time we have somebody be called, Thomas, be called gay because of, like existing yeah arbitrary arbitrary qualifications (laughs) and then and then this part was also utterly bizarre trish picks up hannah from the music store or where, like where she gets her i think it's like she got her cello lessons or whatever Mm -hmm. and then like as they're trying to like pull out a group of like angered teenagers in an suv like stop like kind of stop short on the road and scream at her and it's like she's literally trying to move and as she's trying to move there's like a second car of teenagers screaming at her
1: it's like they were waiting for her or something it's like
0: really ambiguous what the fuck is happening and it's also really just very odd it's just not like it's just very weird because it's like the damage is done like, this is the part that I don't understand. It's not like Trish is the one who's disclosing the names. Mm-hmm. Trish doesn't know any more than, like, any other parent outside of the conversation and the resources that she received from Lauren from that meeting. It's yeah. not like Trish is trying to reveal the names or anything like that. She's just trying to get them to join, to go, like, she's trying to get their parents to go into a meeting, which legally probably wouldn't be able to disclose any names anyway. Yeah. So, like, I don't understand why the kids themselves are so angry at Trish because Trish doesn't really, is not bringing anything in terms of conflict to
1: them. It still brings, like, and, like, the one, it's just, like, this anger seems to be, like, I'm still angry that I want to have, like, unprotected sex. It's just, like, what, what, none of this motivation, nobody's motivation makes sense.
0: No, like, I would understand if they were acting that way toward Dawn, yeah. That would make sense. Like they are all violently accosting Dawn because she is the one who started this whole entire thing. Yeah. But it's not toward Dawn. Other than like some some nastiness in the halls, Dawn is able to go to school and not fear for her life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it make it just doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, so like that happens. And then um the um then we go to the meeting. Um. oh wait no they fight first I don't understand this fight I quite frankly want to skip it
1: let's skip it let's keep going we have anyway, two hours I want to end this movie
0: that's true Um, and then public <laughs> health has the meeting there's like some parents it's not huge there's some parents this is the most uh, highest concentration of people who aren't white in this whole entire movie because a couple of the parents who ask questions are like not white mm-hmm. Um, they say about 200, 230 kids have been exposed which is fucking wild to me yeah I not to say that that can't happen, but that is like a huge ass number. Yeah. Like that is a lot of kids who are sexually active, but sexually active with multiple partners <laughs> in a small like time period. Yeah. It's 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 really just to fuck you up as a viewer. Um,
1: it's more sensationalism.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, and
1: then we just kind of get the round robin of shitty, generic. Parental comments on those, like one dude's like, "He, my son's just doing what I wish I was doing when I was his age." Somebody's like, "We should only be teaching absence." I blame the teachers for teaching all this stuff. Yeah,
0: which like, it's just, it's just, it's incoherent. The whole entire thing is incoherent. It makes no sense. I don't really understand. Like, I don't understand. And then as this is happening, um, we have a couple things ha- taking place where the boys are stealing porn from Blockbuster. Once again, is this because they're addicted to it? Is it just because, like, they're bad boys? I don't know. But it's, like, this extended scene where they're, like, triggering the uh, security, like, uh, alarms and things like that so they can run off with it stuffed in their pants. It's so weird. It's such an afterthought. And then Hannah is um, getting weird IMs from, like, sexy Susie. Um, and, like, everyone is just, like, accosting her for what she's done, for what her mom has done. Which, once again, I feel like this is what Dawn should be receiving. Like, all of these horrible IMs.
1: <laughs> why, why why, is Hannah now tired, question mark?
0: Yeah, like, we don't know. And then, as this, then, like, there's a party that's the party, there's a party happening and then Becca is at her parents' house. She's finding out that they want to put her in a different school and her mom's, like, tries to, tries to come off like she's an okay person. She's like, you know, well, let's try for a semester. Mm-hmm. See how it goes. Um, because I guess we're supposed to see that she's grown a little, which, no, she hasn't, but whatever. I didn't take
1: that scene like that at all. I just took it, like, her mom's like, I'm gonna disappear this problem.
0: Yeah, and then, um, Hannah is... Then like everybody is like, Hannah is like M I A. Like Trish doesn't know where she is when she comes home. Becca appears to be running away. She packs a bag and jumps out through her bedroom window. Um, it's just like utter chaos and it's incoherent. And then Trish is worried because she can't find Becca, so she goes onto Becca's computer, sees Hannah? all these Hannah's. Sorry hannah's computer
1: they're all interchangeable at this point i know right like
0: this this part especially she sees all the ims and she tries to figure out like where 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 a party would be um and then everyone's like why are we gonna tell you but then finds out because somebody else messages her it's really odd um
1: (laughs) i was really hoping one of them would be like nice try narc."
0: yeah right and then we go to dawn's house dawn's mom is like you're grounded And then Becca materializes in the home, basically. (laughs) Um, And then asks Dawn to step out because, quote, us sluts need to stick together. And the sister's like, wait, you're grounded. And, like, doesn't matter at all because Dawn just, like, runs out with her. Um,
1: While the mom goes to talk to a dude.
0: Yeah, and, like, and then, like, they kind of run off. Um, Hannah is revealed to be with Thomas. Um, They lean in to kiss. And he is like so happy. He's like, I've wanted to do this forever. Blah blah blah.
1: My mind is vomiting in on itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like Trish. Um, oh, this part's really fucked up. Sorry. Um, Trish then goes to the party, um, and of course, as she's there, she's a, she's walking around and able to walk around with like any out any conflict. Even though this house is full of teenagers.
1: Like, what, like, shouldn't the immediate reaction be like, parent, scatter?
0: Right. Yeah, like, nobody sees her. And, like, she's looking around. As she's walking around, she's seeing horrors like joints and porn and pink fishnets. (laughs) Like, all (laughs) that type of stuff. And then this part was truly the most ghoulish moment for me. Which is that as she's walking around, number one, she doesn't try to break anything up. And it, it really caps it off because she opens up the door. She's like asking some people, like, have you seen Hannah? Have you seen my daughter? She opens up the bedroom, one of the bedroom doors, looks in and sees um, a boy and a girl having sex with an audience. There is like a circle of people watching them have sex. And she does nothing. She doesn't break them up. She doesn't say, like, you know, like, go put on some fucking clothes. She doesn't threaten to call the cops. She doesn't report it. She just lets it happen.
1: Yeah, like, isn't the easiest way to find Hannah or, like, to end this thing by just calling the cops?
0: Like, it's... It makes no sense.
1: Yeah. It's more sensationalism for the sake of sensationalism.
0: Exactly. And the fact that this is supposed to be her hero and she doesn't think to stop this, you know, stop this from happening, like, it it baffles me.
1: It, it's like that scene in New Moon, uh, Twilight New Moon, where, like... An entire crowd of men, women, and children is led past Bella to be feasted on by the vampires.
0: Oh, God, right.
1: And she just lets it happen. Yeah. And you're like, I'm supposed to be rooting for you?
0: Yeah, like, like this mother is supposed to be seen as this warrior and this champion for justice, and yet she's entirely complicit.
1: Because it's not her child.
0: Exactly. And it's like...
1: Trish is a piece of shit. <laughs>
0: she really is. Um, And then Hannah is with Tommy. Thomas, they're, like, making out and shit. And, you know, she touches his belt, and he's like, oh, like...
1: No, she starts unbuttoning her shirt.
0: Oh, okay, sorry.
1: And he's like, no, I want to wait. And he's like...
0: Yeah, well, and then can... she goes, is it the syphilis? <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I honestly think that could have been a Degrassi lie.
0: That's true. That is correct. That is <laughs> typical Degrassi cheese. But, um, you know, Thomas is clear, like, you know, we have... You know, it's just that we have time to figure stuff out. Like, which is... Probably the most reasonable thing he says this whole fucking movie.
1: Yeah, he's such a weirdo.
0: Yeah, like, he's like, you know, like, even though I'm really creepy and love taking pictures of you and have fantasized about you, I think we should take it slow. Um, And then we cut to Becca and Dawn hanging out in a cafe.
1: Oh, Hannah gets angry and leaves.
0: Oh, yeah, Hannah gets angry and leaves. She gets angry and leaves a lot. Um, and then Becca and Don are hanging out in a cafe and, and, um, Don is kind of, you know, Becca tells her that she's going to be in a new school and Don is like, you know, wow, like that's a clean slate. Like, yeah, it's, okay. it kind of sucks, but like people don't have to know about your reputation. Which, once again, like, Dawn, we don't really see the extent of the damage of what has been happened here. And I feel like that's the missing, big missing piece of this story is how much has Dawn's life gotten fucked up because of this.
1: And this would also make a much better movie. Somebody who's happy to go to boarding school and get a fresh start.
0: Yeah. And, like, that would be interesting. But um, they reflect about it. And then these two boys, like, like lecherously watching them from the other end of the door. And Becca just goes with them. Um, goes to them. And then, um, Trish is still driving around. She's still trying to look for Hannah. Um, Dawn comes home and she sees, um, her mom playing board games with her sister. Hannah then calls Dawn's phone, um, which leads to Dawn's mom picking up because she took the phone away from, took the phone away from, uh, Dawn. Um, and it's like you know oh, she can't come to the phone right now. Sorry, and like hangs up. <laughs> and then Becca has another threesome with two guys. What is up with this town? What the fuck? So, um, Hannah uh goes to the party looking for Becca. Um, Brad starts going coming on to her. She says no, and then this part gets like so. It's like this part is like also incoherent and scary because it's like they go into like this weird area where people are like having sex with each other and shit including nick nick is like fucking a girl um and then brad is coercing her she says no he hits her and nick walks in is like hey like you should stop and then thomas appears like as he's like assaulting hannah and thomas is like Oh, I took a picture. I'm gonna send it to 911 as like a bluff.
1: I'm gonna email it to 911. Yeah, yeah,
0: like it's a bluff, and he he owns up to that.
1: Sorry. Email at 911 at AOL online.
0: Yeah, right. And you like clearly hear the dial tone that he's punching in. But yeah, so like he's he's like clearly punching in his phone 911 and threatening to Brad that he's gonna send the picture, um, and then Brad is just like, well, whatever. The party's over. Get out of here. Tommy runs over to help Hannah because she's clearly very much shaken. Becca jumps back into her her bedroom and cries and, like, really ugly crying with mascara running down her cheeks and all of that. And then Dawn is just playing board games as her sister goes upstairs um, and tries to put the mesh shirt that Dawn had in the first part of the movie against her, trying to really, like situate that this is a cycle that's going to continue but once again like we see all these girls in these shit situations so in the course of these like 15 minutes basically less than that probably we see a girl engage in a threesome and then hate herself so much she's crying in her home in her bedroom knowing that she's going to be sent away to a different school you have another girl um come home only to have her sister like you know wearing sexy clothes and even another girl getting sexually assaulted and it's like it also is one of those things where it's like is this not reality for people like you know take out a lot of this movie is that not reality these these situations is it not true that girls get sexually assaulted that girls feel pressure from outside sources to present a certain way is it not true that girls sometimes end up in situations and get a lot of things blamed on them to a point they have to go to new schools these are all true but the way that this movie handles it in a way that's so flippant, it makes it impossible to, like, look at it in a way and take it seriously.
1: It's a... This movie just... For a movie that's supposed to be on, like, what is what is known to be, like, the channel for women, Yeah. this movie... Hates it, women. It hates them.
0: It hates them. Because then the last scene of this fucking movie is Thomas calling Hannah's parents over. Hannah is asleep. Dad helps her up. She specifically apologizes to her mother. And her mother says, we're all gonna, like, we're all gonna do better. Like, we all have to do better. And then there's a really weird close-up of an oil painting. And that's how the movie ends.
1: Of, a, of like, a, of a little girl, like...
0: A little girl, like, on a seaside
1: yeah, type scene. And it's just... Considering Thomas is made out to be the hero, I honestly feel like... I, this, this this movie feels like the writer weaponized his misogyny. Yes. Like, he found a way. Like, because, like, I, I feel like this is just his disgusting, like, anger fantasy of what he thinks people were doing in high school... That he wasn't. Yes. Like, he... And that's why Thomas is such a nice guy. Like, and it's just horrible. Yeah. Yeah, It is so horrible. Yeah. Like,
0: I... It's hateful.
1: I've seen some garbage films before, but, like, I've never seen... Like... Besides, like... Besides the works of Nicholas Winding Refn, like... I've never seen anything that's just so overtly hates women like this.
0: Yeah. Because it also is one of those things where it doesn't give a solution. It's defeatist. It's just, this is how it is. And, and, you know, you can have your protagonist, Trish, ambiguously be like, we're going to have to do better from here on out. But what does better look like? The movie gives no path for what that can look like. Because Trish has not done anything. Has not been told. Let's just you know say she has no. She doesn't know what to do. She has not been told. There's nobody that's really. Even Lauren has not really revealed how to do better. So what are we supposed to do? What do we get out of this? We've watched these girls get tortured yeah. for 80 minutes, and what can we say about it other than they were tortured for 80 minutes?
1: It's this is a hostile movie.
0: It is, and it's like. You know being a kid watching it i don't really i'm i just think i just fucking like the drama and i was like woo, and like i was weirdly obsessed with the way that thomas says hannah in one scene where he's just like hannah <laughs> just like as she's leaving like that's what i thought was like funny and that's kind of all i really remembered from the movie other than the fact that miriam mcdonald was in it um But there is this, like, thing, and, like, I look back on myself when I was in high school, and and one thing that I, I I don't want to be like, I'm ashamed of it, because I think it was a product of media like this, but something that I had to unpack an obscene amount when I got older was internalized misogyny. And I know that movies like this do not help with internalized misogyny. If this is a channel for women and the target audience for this is women, how many women watch this and come out of it thinking, wow, women are terrible.
1: Yeah. Like, it's just... It it just feels like this... It wants you to be terrified. Yes. It wants you to be scared. Yes. Like, it's the same thing with, like, all these, you know, Lifetime movies. And it's just like, now this one... This one doesn't want you to enjoy anything. Like, is there any moment in this movie where it seems like there's a woman enjoying sex at all no like no it's just like if you are a woman and you have sex you will be punished like nick and brad nothing bad happens to them
0: no they get no consequences like there was a moment watching it where i was like if if nick is patient zero and wasn't treated for very long like is he gonna have any symptoms? like later stage symptoms is he gonna get any type of not to say that disease should be a consequence, STI should be a consequence, but, like, is there going to be any moment where he's going to lose? And he doesn't. Yeah. And I understand, in some ways, it's like that. Some in many times in, in the world, men win, whether they deserve it or not. But it's still this deeply <sighs> fucked up thing where it's like, you know, this is media intended to be for women. What's the point, then? Like, we know the reality.
1: Yeah, there's... There's never. I'm done. I'm done with this movie.
0: Yeah. So, so needless to say, my rating for it is a big fucking F.
1: I'm giving it a Z. Like, I'm going as low as I possibly can. Like, yeah. this this movie is just. Do not watch it. Like, if somebody hands you like a copy of it, just burn it or like. Yeah. Throw it in the garbage.
0: It's it's not fun. It, it's shitty for the sake of being. It it's just shitty. It's not like um. You know, like I feel like there's other Lifetime movies you can watch that will give you far more enjoyment.
1: My stepdaughter, yeah, watch but, my stepdaughter like, is truly is
0: zany, a... campy bullshit. Is like it's just this isn't it. Like if you want to, if you're somebody who wants to have like fun and like laugh at it and watch it in a group, like this movie doesn't yield it. It's too fucked up to enjoy it.
1: My character rankings is everybody's a piece of garbage in this movie. Yes,
0: yeah, same.
1: My recommendation is the movie Blockers like a movie that like has three parents trying to like stop their daughters from having sex for the first time and my favorite part about it is that a lot of the other parents and the teens themselves like this is stupid you have no right to tell me what to do in this scenario stop being weirdos about this yeah and it ends in a like all three teens and their parents have like a beautiful ending to their thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, go watch that movie. It's very good. Um. This is also base. A lot of this movie is like the the tone of this movie is what the the women in Assassination Nation are fighting against. Yeah. So watch those two movies. Yeah. Fuck this movie. I want next next break. I want to do like a Drake album review. I've never actually listened to Drake. We
0: can do that. <laughs> um. The next. Yeah, my recommendation, I mean, if you want to see, like, an earnest portrayal of, like, female sexuality, I, I recommended it before, but, uh, kaze Morning Glories was a really good example of it. Showing girls struggling with purity, and the idea of purity, and how, like, they know, is it is it wrong to want to have sex with people, things like that, in a way that was way more interesting and insightful and good, and, um, able to be enjoyable, and not exploitive. Um, like I said, the movie is making its rounds uh, a cons and things, so if you are at any anime cons, see if they're going to be doing any premieres for it. I saw it at Anime NYC and I loved it. The manga is out, it's officially translated. Buy it, support it. Much better take on it than this. Um, there are other YA novels that also talk about teen sexuality in a way that isn't obnoxious. Um, unfortunately, um, I'm kind of drawing a blank right now, like Adam Silvera always talks about this stuff in a way with way more tact and things like that. Like, you can find genuine portrayals of teen sexuality in a way that isn't dogmatic like this. So, there are plenty of other things that you can check out. Um, And you can look through our recommendations that we've given in past episodes, because I feel like we have recommended plenty of other things that you could do, watch, read, enjoy, listen... Listen to Camp Cope.
1: I'm getting mad. I I second that one. Camp Cope is awesome.
0: Yeah, like, listen to... Like, support media actually created by not shitty... Like, you know, people who aren't shitty dudes.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, that's all I got. Um... Did you beat Tetris Effect, Gwen?
1: What the fuck? Oh, at least something good came out of this. Yeah,
0: anyway. (laughs) If you want to... Keep in touch with us when because uh, next week we're going to be starting season three, which is super fucking exciting. Um, there's some really 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 interesting episodes coming up. Some of my favorite episodes from the series are coming up, um, and we're super excited. If you want to keep in touch with us, ask us any questions, or if you want to know about any guest appearance availability, please email us at ihopot at gmail.com. Uh, once again, we are constantly looking for audio clips. And um, we are looking for um, text testimonies about Degrassi, about the characters, about um, seasons, episodes, whatever. Please send them our way. Um, we would love to hear about your relationship with the series and we would love to share it on our podcast. Um, we also have a coffee account. So if you want to donate some money to us, um, it will go toward tech as well as compensating our guests. So please, please do not hesitate to send us some um, and we greatly appreciate it. If you don't want to, if you do not feel comfortable or do not have the availability to donate money, there are other ways you can support us and that's by rating, giving us ratings and reviews. When we hit 20, we are actually going to be going into the Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High backlog and do a couple episodes as a little treat for you guys. So you will get double the content as a thank you for your contribution. Um, if you wanna to talk to us on Twitter, we have one, we are at ihopop. Um, if you want to talk to us on Facebook, we have. I hope I can make it through podcast as well. So those are the social media directions that you can get in touch with us. Um, if you would like to talk to us individually, um, my Twitter is at dm is unbreakable.
1: Uh, I don't have a Twitter, but I have a um, I have a uh, another podcast called Teen Girl Talk, um, which I review teen media with my sister. Um, though, if you post something directed at me to the I Hope I Can Make It Through podcast uh, page, I will definitely get back to you on it. Just please, no yep. spoilers.
0: Yeah, I, that's why I run everything. So in case someone accidentally spoils something, I just don't show Frank.
1: Um, and uh, enjoy, because I'm we're going out on Camp Cope's The Opener.
0: Hell yeah. So until next week, everybody.
1: We never actually came up uh, closer, but treat them like queens until they disagree.
0: <laughs> uh, and never reflect to think. Wait, maybe the problem was me.
1: <laughs> nah, man, just keep smoking weed.
0: Tells one, yeah, that we're all crazy, unlike you, baby.
1: <laughs> Woo! There's the actual song.
0: Tell me you never want to see me again